You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rao Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good install. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first. Very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Sowell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a baby? What's crack a It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. From NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. In Atlanta, the fatal shooting of 27-year-old Rayshard Brooks spurred protests that lasted well into the night. Protesters gathered outside the Wendy's restaurant where Brooks was shot. The Wendy's was burned to the ground last night. Police say Brooks resisted arrest after failing a sobriety test, and he was shot after struggling with police and was able to grab an officer's taser. The Atlanta Police Department says a police officer has been fired. Another has been placed on administrative duty. The moves were announced overnight following the resignation of Atlanta's police chief. During a Saturday press conference, Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottom said she accepted Chief Erica Shields' resignation. I have accepted it. She will remain um, with the city um, in a role to be determined to help us plan and implement a a course forward. But she is stepping aside as police chief. Mayor Bottom says she does not believe the shooting was justified. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation is handling the investigation. Mourners gathered this weekend in Louisville, Kentucky, to remember a black man killed by law enforcement last week as officers tried to break up a large gathering in violation of the city's curfew. From member station WFPL, Amana Alahi reports. 
David McAtee's death has once again highlighted concerns that police treat certain neighborhoods and people differently than others. Reverend Daryl Watkins spoke about the fight of black Americans against inequality during his eulogy for McAtee. There is some corruption and bitterness and injustice in our nation. There is poverty, lack of education. How come we can't have proper education? Reverend Watkins encouraged those gathered to stay in the fight for justice. For NPR News, I'm Amina Elahi in Louisville. To Virginia now, where thousands of people gathered at the state capitol on Saturday for a demonstration against racism known as the 5,000-man march. Craig Harper with member station BPM has more. No justice! The protest began and ended at the 60-foot-tall Robert E. Lee statue on Monument Avenue, which has been covered in graffiti by protesters over the past two weeks. Democratic State Delegate Dolores McQuinn addressed the crowd there. Governor Ralph Northam and Richmond Mayor LeVar Stoney, both Democrats, have vowed to remove all Confederate statues along the historic street. Some organizers of other recent marches chose to boycott this one because the midday demonstration was planned in cooperation with local police. For NPR News, I'm Craig Carper in Richmond. And you're listening to NPR News. Coming up next on The Serious Side... Both the date and location of President Trump's scheduled campaign rally hold deep significance, especially at a moment when the nation is again confronting its long history of racial injustice. Black Lives Matter! Next Friday is Juneteenth, an annual holiday marking the end of slavery in the U.S. And Tulsa, Oklahoma, 99 years ago this month, witnessed what's described as the single worst incident of racial violence in American history. On Friday, police shot and killed the 27-year-old. Eyewitness footage shows the moment police tackle him to the ground. Police say they had been called to a Wendy's in Atlanta because Brooks was blocking traffic. He'd fallen asleep in his car at the drive-thru. Two days before the murder of George Floyd, Maurice Gordon, a student at Dutchess Community College in Poughkeepsie, died in police custody. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show with Kathleen Williams, Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, J. Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is June 14th. I'm J. Ryle. Here are the stories that we'll be talking about this morning right here on the serious side. June 19th. It is the day that slaves in Texas found out that they were free. It was also the date that our lame Doug Potus decided that he was going to try to set up some type of dang-gone mega-freaking rally at that time in Tulsa, out of all places, where the greatest crime against black people took place over 90 years ago. What the heck is going on with this country? Rashad Brooks shot and killed two weeks after the death of George George Floyd. We have another situation where another unarmed black man was shot and killed. My God, what the hell is wrong with us? Maurice Gordon, just a few days before the Floyd murder, this man was shot and killed while in police custody as well. Once again, what is wrong with this country? But as always, I never share the stage by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the very best in the biz. First up, she is my big sis. 
she has got to be one of the most beautiful, most smartest, just overall great, 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 great person. I love this woman with all my heart. Let's say good morning to the very lovely Miss Vanessa Mayville. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Mm-hmm. I love you, Jay. I love you. I really do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good morning, everybody. Wow. Let's do what, I, I, guess what Al Sharpton wow. Hey, let's, let's open up what Al Sharpton said. It starts with the man in the mirror. Absolutely. Got to start with the man in the mirror. What is wrong with this country? It's just unbelievable what's going on. Thank you so much, dear, for being. It is. It's just at a whole different level, and I can't wait to get into the conversation. Thank you so much. My other sister, which I love so much as well, uh, once again, if you need attorneys, if you need legal advice, she's the one. If you need to be healed, both physically and spiritually, she's also the one. She also brings her wealth of knowledge every week here on the serious side. Let's bring her in, the very lovely Miss Kathleen Williams. Good morning, Kathleen. How are you? I'm doing great this morning, Jay. How are you doing? Hey, Vanessa. Doing okay. Doing okay. Doing okay. As well as you can yeah. be in America, you know. As well Maybe as you can be in America. You know? Just thank God for grace and keep moving. Absolutely. Thank you so much, sweetheart, for being here. The man who I call my little bro. I call him the educator, brother. Every week he brings just a wealth of knowledge, and, you know, I just love this man so much. Let's bring him in, uh, my little brother, Mr. Johnny D, in the place to be man. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. I'm, I'm blessed and, again, thankful to, to be here and see another day. Uh, good morning, Miss Vanessa, Dr. Williams, uh, Jerome, once he morning, uh, joins us, and Les, and... and particularly the big brother Jay, um, and to all those individuals who allow us an opportunity to come into their homes each weekend, I, I greet you. Um, thank you. Hey, man, Good thank morning. you as well. You speak of the big brother. Uh, well, I'm the big brother, but here's another big brother. You know, he's he's my younger brother, but he's not so young. He's uh, he's right there. Let's bring this man in. The man that gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you? I am doing well. Good morning, sir. And how are you doing this morning? Good morning, Vanessa. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning. And good morning, Hawk. Uh, yeah, I am younger than you. No matter what, Jay, I'm going to always be younger than you. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. That's right. But God's grace is good. The number is 347-850-1272. Jerome is free, the smartest man in the world. He usually joins us after his commitment for Clear Channel Radio. But until he shows up, we hold it down. Until then, once again, the world-famous chat room should be open. You can be a part of the show. If you don't like uh, calling in, 347-850-1272, you can hang out in the world-famous chat room, or you can hang out on the uh, social media platforms that we monitor throughout the course of the show, and if your comments are respectful, and if you're lucky enough, we'll read them during the chatterbox section of the show, which happens in about 90 minutes from now, but until then, we have a lot to talk about. Just so much is happening in this world that we live in, Uh, but look, I want to make sure that we get as much talk time as possible, so without any further ado, here's the first topic of the morning. Both the date and location of President Trump's scheduled campaign rally hold deep significance, especially at a moment when the nation is again confronting its long history of racial injustice. Next Friday is Juneteenth, 
an annual holiday marking the end of slavery in the U.S. And Tulsa, Oklahoma, 99 years ago this month, witnessed what's described as the single worst incident of racial violence in American history. A massacre recently portrayed in HBO's Watchmen. Historian Lonnie Bunch heads the Smithsonian Institution. It basically destroyed one of the most stable black communities in America. In the early 1900s, Tulsa's Greenwood District was dubbed Black Wall Street for its hundreds of black-owned businesses. White mobs attacked the city over two days, destroying millions in property and killing as many as 300 African Americans. Even though these communities were trying to live up to the stated ideals of the country, that the country wasn't ready for them. Now, nearly a century later, archaeologists are investigating evidence of a possible mass gravesite as Tulsa grapples with its racial past and present. More recent incidents are also drawing scrutiny. Authorities tonight investigating the arrest of a black teenager last week accused by white police officers of jaywalking down an empty street. A second teen was handcuffed. The video blurred by police. Because And a Tulsa police official is drawing condemnation over his remarks about research on race and policing during a local radio interview. All of their research says we're shooting African Americans about 24% less than we probably ought to be based on the crimes being committed. The Tulsa Police Department says comments by Major Travis Yates do not align with its mission, values, or policies. Yates says he was citing research, not offering his opinion, and that his comments were taken out of context. Bunch says this moment of national protest is a chance for Americans to challenge current injustice by remembering and understanding the past. And I think the question really is, is this the moment that can be transformed? Because there were transformative moments throughout the 20th century. Can this be one of them? So Donald Trump decided he was going to hold a rally on June 19th. I don't think the guy really knew the, 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 the importance of that date. However, he decided to change it at the last minute after, quote, unquote, um, you know, consulting with some of his black friends and uh, colleagues. Mr. Elias, man, you know, once again, we, every week we're here talking about things that are going on with African Americans in this country, you know, LWB, DWB. And this guy, the insensitive, the ins he's just an insensitive guy to schedule a rally on that day, okay? And then he, you know, due to pressure, he decided to backtrack. But, you know, you talk about Black Wall Street all the time, man. The significance of the day, Mr. Elias, and, and you know, and what happened in Tulsa so many years ago, man. Just give me your comments on that. Well, you know something, Jay. It, it, it is, you know, <laughs> and, indicative of what this, this president's about, man. Come on, Listen, you know, to the say that he didn't know about it. Come on now, come on now. And Tulsa, Do you Oklahoma, honestly think he knew? I, this is a guy that doesn't I, even read, Mr. Williams. Do you honestly think, think he knew? I don't give a damn. One of them, one of them white supremacist groups said, "Hey, hold it here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, on this day." And he's like, "Yeah, that's a good day. Why didn't he go to West Virginia?" Why did he go to Tulsa? Why did he choose Tulsa, Oklahoma? Why? Yeah. Why did he choose Tulsa, Oklahoma out of all his strongholds? Is, is Oklahoma one of them, the battleground states that he's losing in? It, it strategically, it, it makes no sense to him to go to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Come on, let's, let's just be honest. Is, is that one of the battleground states he's losing in? Look, man, this guy does things because he, 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 it's to wild people up, to get people... To get people upset. 
Come on, come on, Jay. You gotta see. Why don't why did he go to um, Pennsylvania where he's losing it? Why? Because I'll tell you why. Because it, it, it's done intentionally, and to do it on Juneteenth when that black dollar circulated and circulated, they said the black dollar never left the black community for four years in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That, that means that money is circulated in that black community for four years. And then white people say, we're the one that's violent because somebody either whistled at a white girl or winked at her. That's the reason they came in and killed all those people. Are you kidding me? And we're the violent ones? Come on. And then this, this, this clown comes over and, and, and is going to hold a, a rally there 99 years after the, at, at, on June 19th. The, the, the day that we celebrate the freedom that we that we're supposed to have, we, we ain't free yet. Come on, let's, let's, man, wrap your mind around that, man. I'm telling you, this this was done intentionally. It was done intentionally, and if he didn't know that he was doing it, he got some white supremacists around him that tell him to do it, and he's like, "Yep, that's a good idea. Let's let's let, let's piss off some black folks. They ain't gonna vote for me." Stephen anyway. Miller, huh? You think Stephen Miller has something? Yep. You think Stephen Miller has something to do with that? Either, either him or that other guy The other guy that hangs out with him I don't remember his name right now Because I don't like white supremacists I don't remember none of them names Yeah, Juneteenth is the day Actually uh, slaves in Texas found out You know, because t- Texas is so isolated From the Union They got the word late that uh, that they were free people uh, let, let, me, let me go to you, uh, Vanessa um, You know, I, I have to be honest with you I started recently. I always heard about the Tulsa riots. I, I never knew any mm-hmm. detail until I started preparing for the show. And uh, you're talking about a travesty. I, I don't think anyone was ever convicted or, you know, for, I mean, they murdered Not people. They, blew, they, they burned down a whole community. They killed over 300 black people. This was, these were white. Think, think about this for a second. Think about this That's as we look at the events that are going around today. It, it, a, a, a mob of white people drove into a community, right? set it on fire, killing people for no justly reason. And to this day, there have been no reparations behind that. This country's history when it comes to African Americans and the way they've treated black people is shameful. And, 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 you know, it's just giving me a whole new outlook on what's up with this nation. When you start digging into these little bits of history, unknown history, that's not really celebrated as much. I, I mean, God help us. Vanessa, God help us. What's for you? Wow. Unbelievable. Mm. You know, I'm right here in Texas with you, Jay. So to um, watch how people try to embrace it and don't understand how important it is to the people in Texas, Juneteenth. I mean, there are other states that celebrate it, but it means much more to us because they try to keep us in the dark and continue to keep us as a slave in Texas until we found out. So it means more. And a lot of people, even though it is not a federal holiday, there are a lot of people who just will not go to work when it falls during the week. They just don't go. And I don't blame them. And if you look back into Oklahoma, and I'm like you, Jay, I didn't really know too much about it until Trump decided he was going to go to Oklahoma. And my husband said, 
Black Wall Street? Is he really going to do that? And I was like, what? So then I started researching 2J and reading about Black Wall Street. I cannot believe that they did that. I just cannot believe that they did it. And so for them to just burn up and kill black people in Oklahoma just to do it because it's, okay, (laughs) this whole situation with everything that is going on really makes me sit back and think and wonder how racist people really, really are and they smile in your face. It really makes me take a step backwards and just and try to regroup on who really is. Because it makes you wonder, if you are backing Donald Trump and you smiling and talking to me, are you really my friend? Are you really not a racist? It really makes you think. And I have not been looking at black movies during this pandemic where people have been getting, you know, I just came. Because it makes me a different person. And I want to say who I am, where I like white people and black people. But when I start looking at these movies about how they didn't kill people, and I live right here in Texas, I have to take a step back, Jay. Because I have to take a step back. And that's when I have to get into the book. Not start listening to some some words, and I have to go prayer because this kind of stuff like this and what happened so close to Texas last night, I just I'm I'm like wow, where is this country going? We need these millennials to do something. We can't have another Black Wall Street. Can't have it. Yeah. You can't have it. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Kathleen. Um, you know, uh, once again, when we look at the history, we look at the significance of the day, we look at the history, we look at the fact that this guy was planning to hold a mega, you know, event uh, on that day in Tulsa. You know, the more and more I say this out loud, the more and more I'm starting to agree with Mr. Elias. I think maybe someone in the White House knew this. And for him to act as if he didn't, this is the same guy, perhaps, that said, not perhaps, this is the same guy that said he didn't know who David Duke was. I mean, this guy just lies through his teeth, uh, uh, Kathleen. And so when you think about uh, what happened 99 years ago and the fact that this crime, in my opinion, one of the most hideous crimes in American history, outside of slavery, because I think the biggest crime against black folks was slavery. You know, you sold families and you, you, you broke families up and, you know, Neither here or there. But the bottom line is, what happened 99 years ago, and the fact that no one's really been held accountable for it, and the fact that no one wants to do reparations, Kathleen. I mean, what do you think about all that? Oh boy, that that that's that's a lot to think about. It's I know, right? Um, yeah, it's um it's heinous, I think, and um, the fact that no one. Here's an interesting concept. The fact that no one has ever been prosecuted for that indicates to me that therein, again, lies that foundation of the relationship between the black community and the police, because that means that the police were complicit in that. If there was never any crime, there was never anyone charged, there was never any investigation, there was never any justice, there was never any anything then law enforcement had to be involved, right? Um, 
They had to. They had to have known about it, to not be there. Maybe they even, you know, I, I just feel like that's our relationship with the with police. And so I, I heard um, a few of the um, commentators on the talk about this, that we cannot be surprised about how the police treat black Americans because this is how the police treated black, has treated black Americans forever from the time that they were engaged in finding runaway slaves. This is how it was. And in the South where they could just beat people and bring out dogs and just do whatever they wanted to do. They were, justice was the police. They were judge, jury, and everything else right on the streets where they killed people and nothing was done, right? Nothing was done then. And that continued and festered and continued and festered. And that is the culture underlying the police department. And what is what we what we're saying is this is how you were bred. You were born and bred this way as a department. So it's going to take a lot for you to root this out because there has not been equality in the number of black police officers on police forces nationwide. So, you know, it's more than just firing a police chief. It's more than just outlawing chokeholds. It's more than all of that. And when we say, okay, well, we got to teach them, we got to train them, they know how to do it. How do we know that? Because when we look at the numbers, we don't see white boys going through what black guys go through on the street buying uh, buying a hamburger. You know, we we don't see it. Passing a counterfeit twenty dollar bill. And do I think he knew that it was um uh Black Wall Street and that it was Tulsa and that it was June two Juneteenth? Do I think he knew? Absolutely he knew. He was probably told he was probably told to do it then there. Because when he was asked about it on television, even though he lies about everything, so can we really believe what he says? But he says, well, yeah, I knew. And it was, and my, my rallies are a celebration. This is a celebration. So that's why I thought it would be perfect to have it in Tulsa on that day. I believe he was told that, and I do believe he did it on purpose. To send a message to his base. Yes, I am still with you. Hmm. Well, look at that. So there's three. I think I'm with you guys. I think he did know. Johnny D, man, I think he knew. I think he knew the significance of the day. I think he knew the significance of the place. I think that this was a part of him catering to his 39% strong. And the fact that people continue to support this man, uh, it it bewilders me. And, you know, I'm at a point where I'm really reassessing. And I say this every week, but I am. I'm really reassessing people who support this guy. Uh, Do I want them in my life or not? And when you think about the events of, uh, you know, that happened over 99 years ago, um, I mean, good God, Johnny. I mean, I, I, if there would have been a town, if black people, a, a mob of black people would have entered into a lily white town and burned it to the ground and killed over 300 white people, they'd still be having trials today, 99 years later. Just goes to show you the injustice that our people face in this country, man. What say you? Mm-hmm. Wow. Trying to think your mic's on mute. You gotta unmute yourself, brother. 
maybe not. All right, let's uh, bring in the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Esprit from Esprit.net, the man who brings us on a weekly basis, on a need-to-know basis. Jerome, I think you heard the question, so I'll just redirect that to you. First of all, good morning to you, sir. How are you? Hey, good morning. I'm good, man. How are you? Doing outstanding, brother. So now, question for you, man, as you close out the set. Good morning. Hey, Hey, Kathleen. I know Jay's now, waiting. Question for you as we close out the set. So what uh-huh. say you in regards to the question that I actually directed to Johnny? No, you're going to have to re- redirect it to me. Let me redirect it to you. So basically, oh, his mic's not on. That's what it is. Let, let, me, let me bring him in. I think you may have heard him. Let me, bring, let me ask yeah, him. Let him give you an opportunity. All right, Johnny, I'm sorry. Your mic's not on, brother. Go ahead, man. So what, what, can you answer that question for us? My fault. <laughs> I certainly will, and with great pleasure, definitely. Uh, I share the sentiments in regards to his foreknowledge and the significance of this date. Um, I don't think that you can be an American black, white, native, or or Hispanic, or Asian American and not know the significance of Juneteenth. Uh, It it is a staple that has been in the African-American community since 1865. Um, So, so Clearly, clearly, that was a, a way in which he was just sharing the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm not only going to select Tulsa as a site, which depicted, uh, you know, the most significant deaths to, to, to African-Americans in a, single, in a single episode in the history of America. But, you know, probably the most tragic was, was 1919, um, you know, the Red Summer, where cities... Uh, that was prominent in the African-American community throughout the United States uh, were targeted throughout the beginning in, in, the, in the first part of that year. So it, it was uh, certainly a, a traumatic scenario. But, but this guy continues to, to just demean the office in, in which the, uh, the American citizens elected him in 2016. He continues to cri- criminalize that, that office and that position. And it is, it's just indicative. Uh, then you look at the other incidents that occurred in Tulsa with the teenage guy that was in, you know, the lead up. Uh, I had a chance to see the news article on that right there. And, you know, it, it's just an interesting time in, in which we're living in, in this country. And we're going to really have to atone and reconcile uh, as November comes. Uh, I, I certainly anticipate that there will be more incidents um, uh, of, of, of racial discrimination and, and, and racial uh, uprisings, uh, and that and that's sad because I, I I would have thought prior to 2016 when when this reprobate was um, elected and and you know posing as as the leader of this free world that that the race relations were getting better. Certainly, it was not great, uh, but it was getting better. And, and now I think he has reverted uh, some of the sentiment that was dormant in the souls of those individuals. And that's why you see the emboldenment of it uh, every day as an act. And then I think that, that the, you know, the, the introduction of, of video cameras, I mean, you can't go anywhere without someone videoing or what have you. Just have simply just allowed Americans to see this being played out in your homes or on YouTube or on the news every day. But, you know, being a, a, a black man all my life, I know that I've dealt with these incidents, um, even, uh, in, even in regimental environments. So I do think that he knew. And, uh, 
you know, all of these black supporters that he said that he had that that called him and had him change his mind. Um, it really is about election from day one for this individual here. And some of his closest uh, contributors have indicated that it's all about the elections for him. So I think that that was the chief motivating factor for him changing the date is because if he can convince some African-Americans not to go to the polls because they, they just not sold on uh, Joe Biden, or if he can get one or two additional ones, uh, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not favorable to what Mr. Steve says in regards to all these black African-American supporters. But, you know, I think if, if he feels like if he can just neutralize and get some of them not to show up at the polls, he will probably uh, stand a chance. So it really was about politics. But, yeah, he certainly knew. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think I agree with everybody else. But let me get the Jerome close and set out Jerome. Uh, you know, Mr. Elias always brings the Black Wall Street and the fact that, you know, once again, here's a community that was burned to the ground um, and people were murdered. And um, and there are pictures, historical pictures, that shows the fire department just, you know, watching the city burn down. And, you know, it's it's amazing how white people always want to talk about black folks being lazy and, the, you know, black folks are all about crime. But, you know, if, I, if my memory serves me correctly, they're the one who had slaves. They're the ones who just terrorized people and went unaccounted. You know, the men that killed those four little black girls in church. You think about, you know, Mississippi burning a story about those three activists. You think about some of the most hideous crimes in this nation's history. You know, those folks of the other, the Caucasian persuasion, are the ones who really got away with murder and were the ones that really had slaves because they were too lazy to do their own work. Um, the closest set out for us, man, as we prepare for break. Well, you know, it's, um, you know, I. See this this topic, the whole thing is always really tough for me because it's always in the forefront of my mind, right? And um, looking at what you know, Dotard and those guys wanted to do in in doing an event on Juneteenth and doing it in Tulsa, just shows the intent of Stephen Miller, right? Because you have white supremacists um, running this country. And we don't like to talk like that, so we we mask it by talking around it. And the first thing that we need to acknowledge is that, you know, you have neo-Nazi white supremacist folks that are trying to do something to you. And we have to stop talking about what we need to do to make white supremacists a little bit easier on us. So the whole conversation and the whole concept of even him you know, looking at doing that in Tulsa and looking at doing Tate, I don't give a rat what his intentions are because I know what it is, right? It, it's kind of, Republicans do this all the time just generally as a philosophy that if you do something on a certain date, they try to do something on the exact same date to change the subject, right? And so that's why when Biden would have something or the Democrats did something, Trump always scheduled something on that date. They try to create counter-narratives um, for their own people mainly so that they won't watch your stuff and feel empathetic to you. So that's going to start happening again because notice all of the people who are watching the protest and all this other stuff are talking about vandals. Well, protesters are probably home by then. So looters and people who are vandals are not the same. They're not the same people. But in, in, to convolute it, 
they say the protesters looters like they try to put them together so we don't even watch this from a from a media standpoint that they are a part of the problem by framing a narrative so anytime we talk about you know Tulsa or or anything that has to do with uh, specifically um, black folks and have to do with dotard I'm always leery of and I hate doing that because they did such a good job it takes us from talking about stuff that we need to talk about so I don't really have a lot of energy for them yeah I agree with you on that man Three four seven eight five zero. One two seventy. You know, we talk about folks who are supporting the Republican Party, and in if and in this week's edition of uh, Informative, unless something that you need to know, uh, Sir Michael Singleton. I think a lot of guys know who he is if you watch a lot of news channels. He's a Black Republican conservative, uh, but he's starting to question: Should he continue to be associated? With the GOP, so it's time for this week's edition of Informative. So that's something that you need to know. We'll be right back. You're listening to the serious side on a beautiful Sunday on the TGRS Radio Network online radio at its best. President Trump often cites polls, and he is often wrong. In fact, current polls show his public disapproval rating is over 50 percent. Joe Biden is well ahead in national polls for president, and in many significant battleground states. Polls also show Democrats with a chance to win control of the Senate as they keep control of the House. The current urgent issues of the coronavirus and the legacy of slavery test U.S. democracy. How is the Republican Party responding? Sir Michael Singleton is a conservative political analyst who worked for Republicans, Newt Gingrich, Mitt Romney, and Dr. Ben Carson. He joins us from Northern Virginia. And uh, Sir Michael, you've often been a guest on our show. Thanks very much for being with us. Scott, thank you so much for having me and giving me an opportunity to talk about this important issue. We'll get to the politics, but what are your what are your feelings right now as a as a human being, as a black man in America? Oh, Scott, I I am gravely disappointed uh, about uh, this moment in time we find ourselves in. I often have been taught by my parents, and fortunately, to have one great grandparent still alive, that despite our differences, the differences of race that is, that our hopes and dreams in this country have always been the same, and that is to be free and explore every opportunity and to do things that those before us weren't capable or able to do. And it appears to me in this particular moment that there still remains a significant percent of people who are traveling on a road so far removed from where I think many of us are that it's it, it it's it's heartfelt it makes me grieve it makes me sad it makes me confused because i would wonder at 29 at this point in time we would be in such a different place scott and it doesn't appear that we're quite at that place but i still have hope i, I have to have hope in this country because i know that the country that my grandparents and my great grandparents lived in is no more there's still remnants and so my hope is that this time we can clear those remnants so that as we go forward, uh, they will be no more. So that when I have children, they won't have to deal with or imagine the things that I am currently dealing with now, not only as an African-American, but simply as, a, as an American. These things should stress us all out. They should give us all anxiety that we have not quite reached the pinnacle of what we are capable of reaching. Has the Republican Party, which after all, founded in 1854 to expose the expansion of slavery, the party of of Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, Jackie Robinson, uh, Senator Edward Brooke, Colin Powell, and you, 
How did they become the party that defends the Confederate flag? Scott, I again, this just goes to the greatest disappointment that I have, and I think a lot of people in the Republican Party uh, have become so reactionary in their views. And to be a conservative doesn't necessarily mean that one wants to go backwards. To be a conservative is to understand that there are certain things that we have inherited that are good that we must preserve as we move forward because to move forward is an innate part of human nature. But it is also to understand, Scott, that there are some bad things that we have inherited, such as the Confederacy, and that those are things that we should throw away, that we should discard, things that we recognize we cannot keep if we are to move forward in, in the right direction. And it seems that the Republican Party under President Trump doesn't seem to recognize that. Now, that is not conservative. That is reactionary. And, and I don't think we can tolerate those types of sentiments as we move forward. I just don't see how it, it, it's consistent uh, with a country that's becoming so, so diverse dem- demographically. I got to ask, uh, in the half a minute we have left, are you disappointed more prominent Republicans haven't spoken up? I am, Scott, and it leaves me wondering, why am I a Republican? What, 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 what is the Republican Party even attempting to conserve that I believe is consistent with my values as an American, uh, with my values as an African American, with my values as a Christian? And unfortunately, Scott, I, I hate to say this, but I don't know anymore. And so I'm finding myself almost as a man in no man's land. And I believe that there are many uh, right-leaning and conservative individuals who are slowly finding themselves in that same position. Sure, Michael Singleton. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, Scott. You listen to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network online radio. And it's best. Before we get into our second topic, Steve has been on the queue. Let's get Steve in and hear what he has to say. Good morning, Steve. Welcome into the serious side, man. What's on your mind, real quick, sir? Uh, good morning, everybody. Um, as far as the Rashad situation in Atlanta, all those dumb cops had to do was call for backup. And uh, now they lied to us regarding black history, ladies and gentlemen. In the history class, they called, they talked about the Dark Ages in Europe. They called it the Dark Ages. And the white supremacists lied. That wasn't the Dark Ages. Those were the years when Africans were ruling over Europe as kings and queens. We civilized Europe during seven, the year 711, just like the gas station's name, 711. That's the year when the Moors went into Europe and civilized Europe. During what they referred to as the dark ages And the white supremacists in school They never wanted you to learn about that So they just say we don't have much history About what happened at that time in Europe So they called it the dark ages And they lied to you about that Also, uh, you know um, 144 symptoms sugar can cause in your body Ladies and gentlemen That's the real pandemic Is uh, insulin resistance also, your soybean oil is very dangerous as well. Try to stay away from soybean oil. But this is Steve signing out. You guys have a great Sunday. 
Hey, man, appreciate your comments, sir, as always. Steve mm-hmm. is, uh, used to be here on the serious side. Love him. Continue to listen to the show, my man. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's time to get into the second topic of the morning. Tonight's growing outrage and new questions over the death of Rayshard Brooks. I do not believe that this was a justified use of deadly force. Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms announcing the Atlanta Police Chief will resign. Chief Shields has offered to immediately step aside as police chief so that the city may move forward with urgency in rebuilding the trust so desperately needed throughout our communities. On Friday, police shot and killed the 27-year-old. Eyewitness footage shows the moment police tackle him to the ground. Police say they had been called to a Wendy's in Atlanta because Brooks was blocking traffic. He'd fallen asleep in his car at the drive-thru. Officials say after failing a sobriety test, officers attempted to arrest Brooks. When they went to effect an arrest on the individual, a struggle ensued between the parties. You see what appears to be Brooks grabbing an officer's taser gun. He runs away. Moments later, police shots fired. Oh! The suspect was then using that taser against the officer. The officer did discharge his weapon, striking the suspect. Brooks later died in the hospital. An officer was injured. Two officers involved in the shooting have been removed from duty pending the investigation. We realize there's a tremendous amount of emotion, passion involved in these cases, and certainly with the way uh, the environment is now, it o- it's only enhanced. Uh, we have advised the agents to expedite the investigation. At the protest today, Atlanta native and rapper T.I. speaking out about Black Lives Matter. And It's not just a black thing, it's a fair and decent thing. Well, I think this is a reflection of what is truly transpiring in our country. You know, it's not just the city of Atlanta. This is an issue that, you know, people are outraged. What can you say? Another situation where a young man was shot and killed. Um, it just makes me sad. It's a sad, 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 sad situation. Uh, l- let me start off with you, Vanessa. Um, I, you know, sometimes words just escape you when you think about the nonsense that goes on in this country. A man that fell asleep in a drive-thru in Wendy's. And, um, you know, hours later, he's dead. Um, What say you? Let me tell you what says me. As you're talking right now, of course, Vanessa is is disputing because I'm the Facebook uh, social police. And this is going to answer your question, Jay. Somebody type deep thoughts. Do you think the chance of being murdered by a police officer could be reduced to nearly zero by simply staying out of trouble to begin with? What do you think? They should have never asked that on my page. So I said, no, 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 because sometimes trouble finds you. The guy jogging wasn't doing anything. He's dead. Bree had just got off work, killed in her own apartment. She's dead. The guy eating ice cream at his kitchen table and the female police officer came into the wrong apartment. He's dead. Mr. Floyd's $20 bill was real. And now he's dead. The guy fell asleep in the Wendy's parking lot in the drive through line that was probably long and now he's dead. So, no, 
you can't just think that you people can just be out of trouble in order to stay safe. Because none of these people mm. were in trouble. None of them were in trouble, and they're dead. That could be Jay, me, Miss Kathleen, Dan, Jerome, any of us. Because the drive-through lines now are atrocious. Because you can't go on the inside. So, you know what? I'm sick of this. Really? Now, he is not an angel because he did slug the cop <laughs> and he did take his taser. But the still the object of the matter is he was running away from the police. The police officer threw his taser down, pulled his gun, and shot that boy. Y'all better, baby. <laughs> And you know what? When they burnt that window down, the only thing I get on Facebook and say was burn, baby, burn. Burn it down. You know, that don't bother you me. know the thing is, Vanessa, there was 25 minutes of, of, of the video where, you know, it was a pleasant exchange. Matter of fact, I think the first cop that arrived on the scene was going to actually let him go. The guy who showed up, the second guy, kind of showed up and agitated the situation. But I have had people tell me, um, and, and I've had some friends reach out to me say, oh, my God, I've been pulled over by the police when I have been drinking. And they told me, look, just park your car, get yourself an Uber, and go home before you get in trouble. There was no reason, no reason for them to do this. There was no reason. I don't care whether he struggled with them to take a taser out of their hand. There was no reason. You don't use lethal force unless your life is threatened. Because you can't catch him. They had his car. They had his wallet. What the hell is wrong with this country? Kathleen, floor is yours. I am going to, uh, I know, um, yeah, I know, and this is, this is the energy and the, uh, and the feeling of black America, what, you know, how you just erupted there, this is what's always underneath the surface in us and has been our story for forever. This is my dad's story. This is my mom's story. This is, you know, this has been our story. And the, you know, the fact that we're expected to just, you know, shuffle along into tomorrow and not respond is ludicrous to me. No, they didn't have to kill him. No, they didn't have to kill so many others of us. You know, and it's and I believe it's like uh, Jerome was saying earlier, which is why I'm going to defer my time to him, that there's no way that we can logically come up with a reason, a solution, or rationalization for something that's just racist, illegal, bigoted, white supremacist, and all of that. And I don't know what the race of these cops were, but it doesn't matter because they're falling into and trying to succeed in a system that's designed to systemically oppress black people. So, yeah. I mean, and 
and we can't blow a, you know, we can't blow a gasket over it because how do you, how do you make it to the next day to, for us to be able to continue to fight, continue to struggle, whether it's on the air, in print, in protest, in, in, in running for office, and being in action, and taking over the police chief's role, you know, whatever that is. We can't blow a gasket, but the anger, the response is essential. People have to hear it so they can get in touch with their own. Because part of it has been to try to convince us to numb ourselves because we're so accustomed to it. That's ridiculous. But I defer the rest of my time to Dr. Esprit. He had just attended his eight-year-old daughter's birthday party. Jerome. Oh, and he's dead. Dead. Because he fell asleep in a freaking fast food restaurant drive through The lady is giving you, giving you her time, man. It's yours. Yeah, I, I'm, again, I say the same thing. You know, we need to, like, uh, I'm sorry, we don't need to jack. Because it's not our, it's not our thing. We're not causing that one way or another. But the the thing that's a little bit more encouraging is that we need to undo all of those things that are giving police that mental authority to do things without any repercussions, right? So we need to admit that Clinton crime bill did this to some degree as well, because. When you get pulled over for a broken taillight or, or your side view mirror is, is broken or something, those used to be tickets, misdemeanors. They couldn't even ask you to get out your car. Now that our laws are so flaky now, if they see you in your car and your car's running, they'll be like, oh, let's do a full sobriety test to see if you've been drinking. And then it, whether you stumble or not or whether you're drunk or not, they can put you through some paces until they find something to arrest you for. It wasn't able to do this before then, right? So we need to go back and roll back those. I'm sorry, we don't need to jack. They need to go back and re, um, to repeal, not even repeal, to get rid of some of those laws that um, makes them, and I mean the police when I say this, to make them feel empowered to, like, this is a military situation. You know, military is totally different than a policing situation, right? So when the military is an occupying force in another land, they have different roles, right? The Marines going first, and the Army is an occupying force. It's just kind of how military works. The police think that you are in their land, where technically you got to roll those reversals back. They are there for your safety. And... We can, I can go through a lot of cases in 85 of the police bombing um, uh, um, some houses in Philadelphia. Nobody ever got arrested for that. Killed 11 people. They knew there were children in there. Made 250 people homeless. Nobody got arrested. Right? Even going back to correct those wrongs, the city of Philadelphia should be, I mean, they used an explosive device that they dropped on there and then detonated. Those were military weapons. So, you know, Obama and those guys were right by saying, look, we need to curb the military weapons that's getting sent to local police departments because they're acting like they're at war. War on drugs, war on this, and you know. So we, as 
you know, as citizens, we get a right to defend ourselves. So when we start talking about the difference between being a responsible citizen and and respecting the police, the police ain't even, they're not even respecting themselves. So as the police unions are crying, I, the police union, union where I, where I am, um, from what I understand, the police union said that they should be paid extra for wearing body cameras. You know, and our deputy police chief said that's a, that's ridiculous because they that's what the police union does. They make ridiculous rules, and over the years, nobody left them do check. And so now you can't even fire a policeman that does something wrong. You can't. So those policemen are wilding out. So you have to go back, and I wouldn't even say reimagine. We know right and wrong. They should know right and wrong. They got kids. So they need to go back, and we as a society need to say this is how we want to be policed. And, again, this is not black people's work. We should not be even sweating over this. If it wasn't hurting, hurting, hurting us so bad, we need to be in a defensive part, uh, posture. Like Vanessa said, stop asking us to care about a Target or a Wendy's. We don't care. Right? Y'all saw this coming, and we've been complaining for eons about this. So, technically, we need to let this play out as far as black folks are concerned. None of us need to, in, in, you know, interact um, as far as, what's his name, um, Sir Michael, you know, for him to just now say he need to rethink being a Republican, forget him too. I mean, no disrespect to that brother. Everybody comes into enlightenment when they do. Or if anybody's watched Dave Chappelle for what he said about Candace Owens. And even, <laughs> even on Don Lemon. You know, yeah. Don Lemon took it like a champ. He was like, look, he, he right. He called, Don Lemon called out celebrities. And, and Dave Chappelle said, y'all shouldn't be listening to me. Forget a celebrity. Let these folks do what they do. Because apparently us talking to y'all has not been working. So shout out to, to Dave Chappelle if you have not seen him in his Netflix Age Age 46, yes. Wow, that was deep, wasn't it? Wow. Yeah. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two three four. We're at the top of the hour. Tell you what, uh, we're going to continue to let this uh, topic continue to go, so we can get the comments from both Johnny and Mister Elias. We got to step out of here. Got to try to keep it on track. So coming up on the after, on the other side of the break, we're going to continue the conversation uh, about what's going on here with uh, what happened with uh, the, the shooting of Richard uh, 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 Brooks, and, and we're going to also get into the shooting of Maurice Gordon too. So we'll hear from Mister Elias, and we'll hear from Johnny D on the other side. You are listening to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show. Um, we'll be right back after this. Wow.
Both the date and location of President Trump's scheduled campaign rally hold deep significance, especially at a moment when the nation is again confronting its long history of racial injustice. Next Friday is Juneteenth, an annual holiday marking the end of slavery in the U.S. And Tulsa, Oklahoma, 99 years ago this month, witnessed what's described as the single worst incident of racial violence in American history. On Friday, police shot and killed the 27-year-old. Eyewitness footage shows the moment police tackle him to the ground. Police say they had been called to a Wendy's in Atlanta because Brooks was blocking traffic. He'd fallen asleep in his car at the drive-thru. Welcome back in 347 of the topics that we've already discussed, but we're going to continue the conversation on that last topic. But before we do that, let me say good morning to my panelists and say good morning to the very lovely Miss Vanessa Maybell. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning, Jay. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning to you. Good morning to my other sister, uh, Miss Kathleen Williams. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, everybody. Good morning to my brothers, Mr. Johnny D. Good morning, sir. Good morning, good morning, good morning. My other brother, uh, Mr. Jerome Street, good morning to you, sir. Hey, good morning. Good morning. And my favorite younger brother by a few months, the one only Mr. Elias. Good morning, sir. How are you? <laughs> good morning, sir. Good morning to you, everyone. Good morning, Hulk, good morning, uh, Jerome. Good morning, Vanessa. Good morning, Sorrow. Good morning, Brad. Uh, two kisses, I guess. Kiss, kiss Jerome on that. One. All right, Mr. Elias, can we say hello to some people in the chat room? There's two women on the panel, Jay. There's Vanessa and there's Kathleen, uh, but I digress. Um, yeah, there is, uh, uh, of course, Covina Man in there with us. Uh, so we got Easy and yeah, Easy and, and Vogel Bryce back with us. Wow, I haven't seen Vogel Bryce. Oh, well. And quite some time back in there. Wow. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pastors checked in as always. Uh, tell us from Dallas is in the house, Mary the Music, Vanessa, another Vanessa, two Vanessas in one show. Boy, I can't wait to hear what she has to say. <laughs> also to Brian, to Felix, to, is this Rachel? Am I saying that right? Rachel, Thomas, uh, another Jay. Wow. Double your pleasure today. Uh, a lot of people checking in with us, 347-850-1272. We'll continue the conversation that we started before the break. But uh, before we get into the conversation, let me just go ahead and add this to the conversation as well. And we'll, get, we'll talk to you on the other side. Two days before the murder of George Floyd, Maurice Gordon, a student at Dutchess Community College in Poughkeepsie, died in police custody. We need answers from the police. I do need answer. My, my daughter needs answers. His dad needs answers. His brothers, other brothers and sisters need answers. My family in Jamaica need answers. This is dash cam video of the May 23rd traffic stop when the Jamaican immigrant was shot and killed by a New Jersey state trooper, released publicly by the Attorney General's office. But Gordon's mother, who lives in the UK, says the family had been left in the dark until they got an attorney who was allowed to see the dash cam video last week. The trooper shot him multiple times in his body. Maurice lets off a scream, and then you watch him fall to the ground. Instead of immediately trying to get help, the officer then manhandles his bullet-ridden body and then put handcuffs on him after he had already shot him. 
Additional details were released today, including the name of the trooper, identified as Sergeant Randall Wetzel of Troop D. The AG's office also laid out a timeline of what investigators say happened that morning. Around 3.13 a.m., Gordon's car was disabled in Red Bank and local police responded. At 4.54 a.m., Gordon's car became disabled again near Exit 72 in Waretown, New Jersey. State police responded then. At 6.13 a.m., Gordon was pulled over for driving 101 miles per hour in Stafford. 13 minutes later, he was pulled over for driving 110 in Bass River. It was during this lengthy interaction with the state trooper that investigators say Gordon tried to get into the driver's seat of the patrol car. The two scuffled and Gordon was shot. This matter will be presented to a grand jury. So I wanted to make sure we got the Maurice Gordon story in there as well. It's along the same lines of the Rashad Brooks story, even though I think the Maurice story, if you go back and look at the video, uh, you know, it's it's a telling thing here. and It's it's a difficult uh, thing as well. Um, you know, it's a conversation we're going to definitely have uh, next week. Actually, I wanted to do uh, AWB this week, but, you know, we're just short on time. So now uh, we're going to continue the conversation from our last segment. Johnny, I wanted to hear from you on the Rashad Brooks uh, situation now that I've introduced the um, Maurice Gordon uh, story to the mix as well. You know, once again, I asked a question before the break. Well, what is wrong with this country? I mean, what is wrong when, you know, any time police are called to a situation, normal situations where you've seen our white counterparts walk away and go home to their families, situations where it just gets escalated. This was a situation where, once again, this man fell asleep in a drive-thru. I remember the story of the other police officer, the female cop, who got off after she was going to one emergency, and there was a car that was disabled in the middle of the road. She came back through, and she shot and killed that man. You know, at the time the guy got shot when the cop asked him to pull out his registration, and the he said, hey, man, I was just trying to grab my stuff. And he apologized to the officer for moving too fast. It's like, yes, sir, boss, I'm sorry, boss, when you're the one that's mistreating me. I mean, what is wrong, man? And do you ever think this will ever get resolved? I'm reading a comment from someone. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm going to read it during Chatterbox. But she brings up an excellent point about when will it change? If it will change. Do you think it will change, Johnny? Being a person of, of faith, I have to believe that that um, God's will will always prevail, and I don't ever think that it is to oppress people and suppress uh, information and facts. Um, you know, certainly my 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 thoughts and prayers go out to the countless number. Of African American That have suffered at the hands of Unjust Rogue Law enforcement Practitioners I extend this uh, To A gentleman that we haven't talked much about uh, Which was a an egregious case uh, Manuel Ellis uh, In March in Tacoma, Washington And then of course you've got Mr. Brooks and, and his family and, of course, Mr. Gordon. So these are three individuals that, that I, I keep in mind as I, as, as I talk about this particular topic. Um, you know, there is a, a, a workforce of good out there 
uh, that is policing your your communities and your correctional and detention facilities. And these are persons who want to come and just simply do a, a honest day's work and serve those individuals that they are charged to 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 serve. And then you've got that element and that component of, of individuals who are corrupt and rogue and will violate every rule that is written within the training manuals and within the code of conduct and the oaths in which we swear to take. Over the last week, it has been it has been disturbing and concerning to me in regards to what I have seen and heard in relationships to condemning, if not the entire entity of those professions who serve in these capacities. Because for nearly 27 years, me being one, um, I, I know my heart and I know my actions and I know those things that we are charged to do when we take that oath and swear to our oath and affirm our oath before God. I don't think it's a problem with the actual training methodologies in most cases. It is the people who employ those training components. So I think if we step back and look at this scenario with Mr. Brooks and we talk about this young man um, sleeping in a vehicle there was someone that called the police to come and interact and engage with that with that uh, young man on Friday night. So they didn't just by chance arrive on the scene because they, they wanted to troll that particular Wendy's. There was a citizen who called and they responded and it ended up in a fatality. Now, at the end of the day, there is not a practitioner that doesn't want to go home to their families. And what we all have to look at is the elements and the dynamics of a situation unbiasedly. So I'll leave my commentary there, Jay, um, simply because it would be an emotional but yet procedural response that I will give and because I always pray before I say anything and I ask God to make sure that what I say be coherent but also be useful, beneficial and, and not contrary or conflicting based off of my biases and my prejudices and I'm compelled I'm compelled to leave my comments at that. So I'll pass the mic. Respect that, man. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Mr. Elias, haven't gotten your comments yet on this whole uh, Richard Brooks situation. Um, you know, the reason why I'm so upset this morning is because you remember that you remember this a few years back when 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 Sean was was confronted by a police officer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where and my little brother mm-hmm. was 
you know, his car had stopped, and so he was in a mall parking lot uh, with the hood up at night under a light, working on his car, and this female white police officer rolled up on him, and she automatically came with an attitude of, first of all, I'm better than you, and you're going to do what I tell you to do. What are you doing out here? And when my brother tried to explain what was going on, he said that she put her hand on her firearm. I am so tired of people dying because we are a certain pigmentation. I'm so tired of people feeling that they have the authority to confront me when I go to places where you think I don't belong. I'm so tired of people asking me, what am I doing? Because I am watching birds in the park. I'm so tired because I had too much to drink and I fell asleep in a drive-thru. I'm tired of being killed because you asked me to reach my registration. I'm doing what you asked me to do. Yet still you shoot me because I'm the big black boogeyman that your mothers and fathers told you to run from. Mr. Elias, man, why does this continue to happen in our country, man? Why? Well, Jay, I'm, I've been, you know, I'm a follower of Dick Gregory, man, because Dick Gregory was a deep brother. And Dick Gregory said it best, man. He said police officers need to have license. And he said, if you give a police officer a license, like I got to have a license to carry a gun, they got to have a license to carry a gun. And if, you, if, you, if you're driving a car and you violate your license after so many times, what happens? Your license is taken away. You're not allowed to drive anymore. Well, guess what? If you got a license to be a police officer and you violate any, any protocol for being a police officer, your license is taken away. And you go, you're not able to provide for your family. You'll think twice about anything else if you're not able to provide for your family. You will think twice. Now, there's, there's always going to be situations where you got to justify, you know, you, it's going to be your life or theirs. That's, that goes without saying. But to just shoot unarmed people because you feel like it, that's not justifiable. I'm sorry. Now, how, however you look, I, I watch, uh, I don't know how many cases of people like Dylan Ruth who killed uh, nine people, prayed with nine people in the church, and then killed them. And then they take him to get something to eat after they arrested him. They didn't, they didn't, did, they, did they approach him? Like they would have approached me? No, they wouldn't have. They, they just going to they approach him in a different manner. That, and then I bring up the case of John Crawford. John Crawford was a man in Ohio, in Dayton, Ohio, Bear Creek, Ohio, right? He goes into, uh, he goes to his, his kids, and he's buying stuff for his kids in the Walmart. So what does he do? He picks up a BB gun that was opened up, and he's taking it up to the front to pay and people said he's brandishing it like it's a gun and he's, and, he's, and he's shooting it at people. And he's aiming it at people. There's no videotape that shows him even doing that. What do the police do? They walk in the store and they say, hey, you put the gun down. Pow, shoot it. Just, just like that. This is happening too much in our community. Uh, Brianna in Louisville, 
she's in the bed sleep and they break into a house on somebody that they already got a warrant for that's in jail and kill her. This is happening over and over again because there's no consequences to these people's actions. There's none. There's none. The brother in Dallas, Texas, he's in his own apartment eating ice cream and they kill him. This is happening over and over and over again. And when people say stupid stupid stuff like, Hey man, if you ain't doing wrong, you wouldn't have nothing to worry about. What about those people? What about what about those people? What about John Crawford that went in the, in the Walmart to buy his kids something and he's dead because he was buying a BB gun? What did he do wrong? What did he do wrong? What did Brianna do wrong that was in her bed sleep? What did she do wrong? Please tell me. And then you arrest her on top of that. You arrest her boyfriend for protecting her because you busted a no-knock one and you, you, you busted in. Because if you busted my house, I don't care who you are. I'm, I'm, I'm returning fire. I'm sorry because that's, that's what I'm going to do. So that's, that's why I got it. That's why I have a, a firearm in my house. If you break it on me, I'm going to return fire. I don't care. So there's no consequences to these police's actions. So that's why they do what they do. And then it'll they, they, they get swept under the rug and people will say, oh, that police officer's job is dangerous. You knew that when you signed up for this job. You knew it when you signed on for, for this job that this job is going to be dangerous. So your training should take over at some point in time and not look at me as the enemy because of my skin color. But you should look at me as I'm a human being, like I'm looking at you. You know, Vanessa, um, this country and its history, you know, that comment you read earlier resonated with me throughout the show, deep thought. Like, you know, first of all, someone commissioned this person to have a deep thought Maybe if you didn't get in trouble, maybe you wouldn't have these confrontations with police. And we have talked about all morning long people who were just simply LWB, and they ended up DWB. So it's just that whole persona, that whole, I'm not even, it's just the fact that they think that they automatically assume black people are up to no good. Automatically assumed. I told the story about when I was driving down up 59, heading to Chicago. Had a black Mercedes. Got pulled over by the police. I was doing the speed limit. Pulled me over. And when he pulled me over, he thought, oh, he thought he had some young because the car had, you know, black rims and all this other stuff. He thought he had him some drug dealer. And when he pulled it over and saw it was just me and my family... You know, then all of a sudden he had to make up a reason why he stopped me. Well, you know, you were driving in the left-hand lane, and that's a passing lane. So I was passing somebody. But you know what? You have a nice evening. You know what? You, you, what type? Is, is this a Mercedes? Yes, it is, sir. Why do you think I'm a drug dealer? You think because I'm black, I can't only way I can afford a car like this, I have to sell drugs? I mean, it's just this mindset, Vanessa, that they have of us. That we are up to no good no matter what we're doing. Mr. L.S. talked about Dylan Roof. They gave him a glass of water after he killed people. They took the teenager who killed all those white kids in Florida to get something to eat. And they rolled up on this person knowing that they had committed mass crimes. But they shoot a man because he was asleep in a freaking drive-thru. And then people are responding the way they are on your Facebook page, Vanessa. Oh, my God, what the heck is wrong with us as a people, Miss Vanessa? Yeah, 
But you know what? <laughs> I'm, this is on this God's page. It's on my page. So while you're talking, there's a lot going on over here. I'm trying to, I went back to the page to see what somebody said to my response. And somebody said, this guy's black. He, I went to school with him. But somebody came on the page and said, the statement said nearly zero and not definitely zero. Sometimes things happen that should not happen. Unfortunately, and very sad things occur. Okay, so what I really want to say to them is, has anybody died in your family while they were sitting at the kitchen table eating ice cream? You know, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. So Vanessa's next fight is, yes, we can fight the white people or the police officers. Now, let me not say white people because I got some white friends that really do love black people. And let me say that I believe that I said black-on-black crime needs to stop as well. And somebody said to me, close to me, by the way, said it needs to stop with what the police and how the other people are treating us before we really can do stop the black-on-black. But I still believe in my heart that while we're fighting this fight of how we're being mistreated on the other side, I really also believe that these people who are black on black need to turn it towards the KKK. I don't know why y'all killing each other. When 200, did y'all hear me say 200 of judges has been put in place by Trump? So even though we're not going to have a black Wall Street with them burning our stuff down, oh, but we are going to have a black Wall Street. Because when all of these cases start coming before these 200 judges, baby, they're going to be kicked out. So we are going to have another black Wall Street, but it's going to be through the court. Y'all hear me? Them 200 judges, baby, are going to get the revenge for Trump. That's why he put them in place. So I am livid at these black people who are are saying, oh, stuff happened? Really? Really? Mm. Stuff don't happen when you got off work from a 12-hour shift as an EMT and somebody will kick your door down and shoot you by accident and say, oh, well. When that black man was sitting at his kitchen table eating a bowl of ice cream and a police officer is sexing on her telephone and goes to the wrong apartment, Killed him and then said, oh, I'm sorry. And then she got like five years or something. She's going to be out there for two and a half. Y'all, this ain't right. This is not right. It's something wrong with this kitchen. But the way they are going to get us is going to be through the court and through the job. So you children at the sound of my voice, you better go get some master's degrees. Because those bachelors ain't going to mean nothing because the white people are going to get us through education and through the law. Y'all better hear me. Mm, wow. It's Somebody usually a drop the mic moment. Yeah, it is. I tell you what, let me get a quick comment from Jerome, then I'm going to ask uh, Kathleen to close us out with a, a word of prayer. Uh, Jerome here real quick, give me give me uh, final thoughts on this thing, man. You know what, I'll let Vanessa speak and and let, um, I know we're running late, so I'll let Kathleen um, come on. All right, Kathleen, give us a word of prayer. Give us something. uh, I I just think that uh, 
my faith tells me that this is something that we need to do, and I just think this nation needs prayer. So if you could, if you would please, ma'am, can you give us a word of prayer as we close out and be prepare for our next segment? Uh, Sorry, I, I went over my time, to. y'all. You're all right, Vanessa. I don't worry be, about it. Uh, yeah, you could. I, I would be honored to. I I do just want to add this though um, before we go into prayer is that I don't think that we should have to pause and look at each one of these situations and decide whether or not they were innocently something or or potentially not innocent, whether they were in their homes eating ice cream or in a drive-thru asleep or passing a $20 bill that wasn't, I heard, I didn't know that it wasn't counterfeit. Whether it was counterfeit or it wasn't counterfeit, these are things that, people do every day and we don't hear about them dying and that is why we are in this uproar and have been for many years it's just that finally people uh, you know the the wax has been cleared out of the provincial ears and um the proverbial ears rather and we are being heard what we're saying is equality means equality for everybody, all of us. And so if you can take him in without killing him, if you can take a terrorist in who just bomb places without killing them, an armed terrorist, then you can take someone in whose car broke down on the side of the road. Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we just want to thank you right now for this platform, the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show. We thank you for the host. We thank you for the panelists. We thank you for the listeners. We thank you for those who are expressing their opinions in the chat. And we, express, we thank you, Lord God, for the enlightenment that happens each and every Sunday morning. We thank you, Lord God, for the wisdom that you have deposited in us, Lord God. And we also thank you for the ability to mourn and to grieve, Lord God, because we know that you sit high and look, look low and that your spirit will be poured out on all flesh. We know, Lord God, that because there is a God, that the things that are happening right now are not in vain. We thank you, Lord God, for George Floyd whose life was sacrificed, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, to bring life to an issue that has been existing for over 400 years. We thank you, Lord God, that even in your word, it says that for 400 years, people will suffer, but then your mighty hand will raise up and there will be a changing, a shifting in the nation, Lord God. So we thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that America will have to repent for the sins of the, the oppressions on black people, on native people, on brown people in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord God, that we will be we will bear witness to the transformation of this country. We thank you, Father, for the basis, the foundation that this country was built on because even though man tried to make it so that it didn't apply to black men and women, we know that it was written prophetically because it applies to all people. 
And Lord God, you said that when you start a thing, you will complete it in the name of Jesus. So Lord God, I declare and decree right now that the Declaration of Independence applies to black people, brown people, native people, and we will all walk forward equally as your prophet, Dr. King, said. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the strength to continue to rise up to protest, to keep the pressure on, Lord God, because you are the God of the oppressed. The oppressed, the widow, and the children, Lord God, and the fatherless, in the name of Jesus. So I thank you for the rights that will be wronged. I thank you for the transferring from the riches of the wealth to the poor. We thank you, Lord God, that your word will come to pass in the name of Jesus. And we thank you that you are an almighty God, the God of justice, justice for all. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that when there is no justice, there can be no peace. In Jesus' precious name we pray, dear Lord. Amen. 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 We'll be right back after this. It's time for this week's edition of Under the Radar, stories that didn't make the cut for the live show. However, they are important stories that you need to know. Here's our story for this week. Well, there's more outrage among South Africans following the latest murders of women. 28-year-old Sehofato Pule was found hanging from a tree in the Rudaport area on Monday after being reported missing on the 4th of June. She was eight months pregnant. Now, the family and provincial authorities Addressing the media a short while ago, Manoba Mkunu is there. He joins us now live. So, Manoba, of course, this family is heartbroken and they want justice. Indeed, Johan, you can imagine a 28-year-old not only killed, but also her unborn child also being a victim of this brutal crime. The family is still looking for answers, Sean. This is what really happened. There have been no arrests at this particular stage. But uh, what you know so far, Shahan, of course, is that uh, she had gone missing on Thursday night. It's believed that she had gone to visit her boyfriend in Florida at a flat. I mean, it's a double tragedy for you as a family, having lost not only Sehofato, but also the unborn child. How are you feeling as a family right now? Thank you very much, Mangoba. We are we are devastated as a family. It's uh, something that was unforeseen. Uh, so who had a full life ahead of her, and on top of that, uh, she was highly expectant. Uh, we were just about to uh, welcome a new member onto the family, but uh, that shall never be because of we now know that she's late. That's it. Thank you for listening. And remember, every week we'll feature stories that you need to know right here on Under the Radar, sponsored by the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. I'm Jay Rao. See you next time. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Support for NPR and the following message come from DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo believes getting privacy online should be simple. With one download, you can search and browse privately, avoiding trackers. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. 
Venezuelan government is calling the arrest of a Colombian businessman close to President Nicolas Maduro a violation of international law and is demanding his release. The Justice Department says Alex Saab was detained in Cape Verde on U.S. corruption charges. Saab's arrest came after Colombia announced last week that it had frozen assets belonging to Saab worth more than $9 million, saying he was being investigated for crimes including money laundering. The 2020 Drama Desk Awards, which recognize achievement both on and off Broadway, were presented in an online ceremony last night. A powerhouse lineup of presenters, including Audra McDonald and James Corden, announced the winners. And the winners accepted their awards all from their homes, as Jeff London reports. The season was shortened by the COVID-19 pandemic. New York theaters shut down in mid-March with 16 shows yet to open on Broadway and several off-Broadway shows and previews as well. But the awards honored what had opened. There were two favorites, Matthew Lopez's The Inheritance, a seven-hour epic look at gay life in New York, inspired by E.M. Forster's Howard's End, took five awards, including Best Play, and Michael R. Jackson's semi-autobiographical musical The Strange Loop also took five awards, including Best Musical. I am the story's writer. The extravaganza Moulin Rouge and revivals of The Soldier's Play and Little Shop of Horrors took multiple awards. For NPR News, I'm Jeff London in New York. And I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News. Chatterbox, final thoughts from the world-famous chat room and from social media. Mr. Elias, man, do we have anything in the chat room that is worth reading this morning? Yeah, I got Covina Man and actually one from Volvobright, actually. Uh-oh. Uh, Covina okay. Man says, I think it was one of the black conservatives that told uh, about Trump told him to troll black people on June, Juneteenth in Tulsa. These black conservatives have more hatred for black people, far worse than Steve Miller. He said Greenwood, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma was not the only town he raced that, that year, but there was also Rosewood, Florida, and others. And then Bobo Bray said cops are military trained, soldiers only see enemies. Oh, well. That's a, that's that's like an eclipse when you read something from Boba, right? <laughs> all right, man, appreciate it. All right, the pastor's checked in. He says, "Peace and blessings, family." All I can all I can say is, I shall wear a crown when it's all over. I shall see his face as soon as I get home. God bless you for the music selection this morning. Great show. Thank you so much, Pastor. Tell us from Dallas, Texas. I feel the pain in your host's voice. Enough. We as a people are not going to take it no more. Be blessed. My man, tell us. I'm Marianne Musics. OMG, I am in tears. I love you guys. Thank you, Marianna. Vanessa, the other Vanessa, Fort Wayne. I'm sorry, Fort Worth, Texas. The killing of unarmed black men will not stop. It doesn't matter if you have a black president, a black governor, a black mayor. It just doesn't matter. I pray for better days ahead. Uh, Vanessa, I'm starting to feel like you. Crystal H. from South Bend, Indiana. As a white... As a white American, and unfortunately I live in a country in which I have to identify myself that way, I'm so tired of seeing my brothers and sisters being killed simply because of the color of their skins. I find skin. I find myself teaching my son how to protect his black friends. 
they are pulled over by the police. Wow. I'm so sad right now, and I thank you all for your informative content each and every week. Well, thank you, Crystal. We appreciate you listening each and every week. Uh, unfortunately, we can't get to all of them. Just read a few. We appreciate a chatterbox for this week. Now you know what time it is. Five, four, three, two, one. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? All right, folks, you know what time it is. It is time for all the need-to-know bases with Mr. Jerome. It's Brie. Man, Jerome, man, what's going on this morning? Nothing much, man, just chilling. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just kind of threw me out there. All right, so our first story, IBM is getting out of the facial recognition business saying that it's concerned about how the technology can be used for mass surveillance and racial profiling um, since ongoing protests, um, you know, responding to George um, Floyd's um, has, you know, sparked a broader direct, um, debate. IBM actually came out, and they're one of several big tech firms that had earlier sought to improve the accuracy of um, their facial scanning software. And... Um, you know, this is after research found that that software does not work on different races, especially black people don't really identify them. So they had racial and gender disparities, but their new CEO is now questioning whether it should be used by police at all. And the IBM said, we believe now's the time to begin a national dialogue on whether and how facial recognition technology should be employed by domestic law enforcement agencies. So they... Now, there are other companies that do this, but IBM said that they're out. Mm. I don't know what that means for the bigger picture because there's a lot of companies that do that, yeah. but IBM is changing. Oh, you know, also, you know, IBM, Microsoft, and Amazon all have facial recognition software. Well, mm. So, I, I know I've done stories about this before, about, you know, facial recognition software and how they're using it, but they are really going out and saying the police does not need they, the police don't need it, and I kind of agree. Okay, so wow. yeah, yeah, it's one of those stories that I kind of figure we really need to. I really need to do that now. Tesla, right. yeah, Tesla um, supplier ha- has developed a battery which will last 16, 16 years. And a million miles and a breakthrough that can wow. transform the electric vehicle market. They said mm. this company, Contemporary um, um, Apparex Technologies, which builds Tesla batteries, they revealed that they um, revealed that it's ready to produce a rechargeable battery that lasts 16 years at, or 1.24 million miles before it would need to be replaced. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. Now, again, you know we have a – there's a light bulb burning in the Smithsonian that's been there since, uh, I think, the 50s, and it's still burning. So, I so wish I had to do some more money in Tesla, man. I wish I had to put that money in Tesla, man. In Tesla. Wow. <laughs> yeah, well, man. Yeah, no, no, it's actually – yeah, so it's actually the, the company that supplies Tesla, so it is Tesla because they probably have exclusive rights to it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, it was Mercedes that developed the airbag 
and they never enforce their pack. So everybody else has an airbag. But yeah, Mercedes never enforced that, the patent on the airbag, so they let all cars have airbags. But Mercedes had exclusive technology or the exclusive right for airbags. Now, yeah, American Airlines says that revenue will be down 90% in the second quarter, but expect it to halt, um, that it will um, halt cash. Um, I guess they're burning cash at the end of the year for the coronavirus because it brought the travel industry um, to a standstill. So the company said on Friday that it expects the fiscal 2020 results to be um, impacted given the severity of the pandemic and it remains uncertain. Again, I'll never feel sorry for American Airlines because they've been trying to break their unions for years. So the pilots and Mm -hmm. the flight attendants have had problems with American Airlines. So I'm not feeling sorry for them. They probably took that bailout money and still want to get rid of everybody. But I've watched that, man. I was like, wow, how did you take bailout money and you still going to lay people off? This is ridiculous. Yeah, because... There's still about five. Um, I think there's still about five hundred um, billion dollars that's still unaccounted for that Steve Mnuchin through the Treasury has given out that mm-hmm. we don't know where that money went during this yeah, pandemic. Exactly. Yep. I, I so saw that still, story too. Yep. They're still hiding it. Mm. Again, I'm glad that Biden said that he's not going to um, hinder prosecution of any wrongdoings that's going on in the government. So. Hmm. Let that, let that be a lesson. They're going to be trying to burn books when they get up out of that, Jamie. Now, America's first surviving set of black sextuplets graduated high school together after um, nearly 18 years after they were, were delivered by C-Sex. They were all um, 26 and a half weeks. Um, Chris, Chris and Diamond Harris from Birmingham, Alabama, welcomed their babies in 2002. And the six children will turn 18 in July before continuing. Wow. Six tablets graduated at 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, that had to be that be work. Everybody knows how that is uh, getting one and two kids through school. <laughs> they had to get sick. Yeah, really. Wow. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what the father had to put away to get that college. That college still going. Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, um, now... I don't know if you heard the story, but the CEO of CrossFit stepped down and um, decided to retire. Now, here's the thing. He said in a statement on Tuesday after his remarks and mocking tweet about um, um, George um, Floyd drew black backlash, and um, they leaked the remarks because Glassman, the CEO of CrossFit, you know, um, CrossFit has relationships with different gyms and so they brand them out and um, Mm. he told the gym owners that we're not mourning George Floyd I don't think me or any of my staff are can you tell me why I should mourn for him other than um, that it's the white thing to do other than that give me another reason and he asked Minneapolis gym owner um, who had questioned why he yeah why the brand hadn't posted anything to support Black Lives Matter, and that's what his response was. Other than mm-hmm. it being the white thing to do, why should, give me another reason why I should. So Reebok and other people just cut their ties with CrossFit immediately, and some of the gyms were taking CrossFit off of their 
um, off of their branding, and then he re- he decides to retire, which he's still going to get a ton of money, and they're trying to save their brand. Forget them. Hmm. You know, if your CEO started wow. it, it's kind of like, um, what is it, Home Depot, saying that their former CEO is supporting Trump, not Home Depot. They don't want to get boycotted either. Take them all out. Hmm. Now, in, yeah, in white woman news, um, a white woman was arrested <laughs> <laughs> yesterday or this week on five federal mm. counts of ar- arson for setting five Seattle Police Department cars on fire during the protest. Wow. So, yeah. Margaret um, Cannon, she's 25, uh, was arrested by federal authorities wearing full SWAT gear when they came into her house in Tacoma after investigators say that she was recorded setting fires to vehicles by multiple cam- cameras. See, again... Were they, were they able say? to take her in alive? They were able to take mm-hmm. her in alive? Not, not a scratch owner. <laughs> I, know, I, just, I just wanted to check. Okay. Well, oh, okay. No, no. Just the checking. question she should ask is, <laughs> did they feed her? Because you know she came in alive. Oh, yeah. It was like, <laughs> all your stuff together. Her hair was combed. I, I think she had time to do her makeup. Like, they didn't. They didn't roll on her like that, you know. <laughs> and, and and okay. And while I'm in my white woman news story, another woman called cops on a man who put in chalk "Black Lives Matter" on his own San Francisco property. Um, this woman, Lisa Alexander, the owner of LA Face, I don't know what that is, but Alexander has since deleted all of her social media accounts and websites, and at least one beauty business has cut all ties with her company. Now the man. Um, that, who this guy posted a video, Jamie um, Toons, I think is the name, posted on Twitter on Friday, in which he explains that he was confronted by Alexander and a white man named Robert, who didn't believe that he owned his own house and accused him of defacing private property. It was his house. And she came <laughs> up and confronted him, and then she yeah. called. Him. I saw and, that. I, I just saw that on the news. I thought to myself, "You got to be kidding me." Yep. Again, you know what's funny is no matter how many stories that we have, white women aren't getting it. White women, white men are overly aggressive, and white women feel like that they are the police of the damnation when it comes to anybody who's minority. Hmm. Right? If a white man yelled at some black kid unjustly, white people keep walking by. And I can't say all of them. I have seen people stop sometimes, but they will ignore it. But she will see a black man or some kid selling lemonade, and the white women will be like, now, do you have a permit? <laughs> like, they will stop yeah. out of nowhere. <laughs> and they're business owners, which is kind of crazy, right? Like, you would think they would respect entrepreneurship <laughs> or, or private property. Mm-hmm. That ain't, but, I guess they're not pulling that stuff up by their bootstraps, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I don't think yeah. that that's it. Now, you know, I don't know if you guys saw this. The chairman of the Joint Chief, Chief of Staff apologized being a part of Donald Trump's infamous photo op, uh, saying yes. he was wrong to create the perception of the military involvement in politics, and um, so he he apologized. You know what's weird about this, and it it throws me because when I hear people say stuff like "if he loses, he's not going to leave," the military is not going to protect him after, after it's twelve noon on I think it's the twentieth or twenty first. So if the elections are certified, 
And he can stand at White House for about 10 seconds, but those Marines that are sitting there are not going to take commands from him. I don't know what they think this is. But when I hear people, you know, have those conversations, like, he might not leave. And it's like, mm, he won't work there no more. Once your, once your butt is off payroll, you don't take, you don't take no directions <laughs> to the guy who's not paying your check no more, right? Um, so, yeah, that's a, that's a false okay, narrative but- to scare people up. What? Jerome, did he really apologize? I think he said I made a mistake. I, no. I don't recall him saying I apologize or I'm sorry. He said it? Because um, everything I read, I was like, hey, he apologized. I was like, wait a minute, but I don't see sorry in there anywhere. I think I was wrong <laughs> to be in the picture. Yeah. Yeah, he said a couple things like that, but I didn't hear him say I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, no, he definitely didn't say I'm sorry. That's not a military oh, thing. Oh, okay, okay, okay. He, okay, he just okay, said okay. it was a bad decision. And a mistake. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. He kind of went through that. Those lines. I'm sorry. Ain't in him. I just wanted to clarify because I was like, he apologized. Oh, I was like, I didn't hear an apology in that. Shoot, I wouldn't be surprised he took that back. But anyway, that's just usually how that works. <laughs> now, right, Joe, we have time for one more doing the live broadcast. If you want to do, I got some pretty positive remarks about that overtime stuff you did last week. So it's up to you, baby. We have one more, though, doing the live broadcast. One more story. Hey, we did it offset the negative time. letters that you get when I'm on when we're on the air? <laughs> <laughs> All righty, thank you. Thank you very now much. You, now you're reaching. Now you're reaching. Come on, Jerome. <laughs> you got to get some balance. You got a little bit too far. <laughs> Uh, right. Here they come. No, I'm just joking. Go ahead. Yes, here we go. The NFL makes a 10-year, $250 million commitment to combat systemic racism. That's what a league insider anonymously admit, that we need to listen more to Colin Kaepernick. Again, an anonymous person said that. But the NFL has pledged to donate $250 million over 10 years. Um, here, here's a suggestion for the NFL. Hire Colin Kaepernick. Hello. It's funny you say that, Jerome, because actually uh, Carol, Pete Carroll came out and said the team actually contacted him about Colin Kaepernick. So I think he may be playing. Uh, who knows this year? All right, man, look, we, we got to get he into this thing, man. Wait, so, uh, he apologized for not picking him up, by the way. Speaking of apologies. <laughs> yeah, he did. Go ahead, man. Yeah, no, go ahead. Well, he did. He did. He did. He, he, he did, and he said that the team contacted him about Colin Kaepernick. So we'll see what happens with Colin Kaepernick. All right, if you want more of that, and if Jerome's willing, we can definitely do it at the top of the hour because I thought it was pretty cool. But it's time for our final thoughts, and let me go to you, Vanessa. Final thoughts. Well, Vanessa. Oh, she said. Well, okay, Vanessa, she'll chime in. All right, Kathleen, Mike, sure us final thoughts. Um, I am going to just, I, you know what? I'm going to ask for fortitude for everyone who is listening. Um, stay engaged. Don't let this burn you out. This conversation is not over. It will not be over probably in our lifetime. So stay engaged. You know, be courageous. Be bold. Do something, even if it's just posting something, even if it's just saying a prayer every day. That's important. But continue to keep this energy moving because this moment in time 
does not come around often. Don't miss the spiritual or the natural, the supernatural in this particular season, in this moment in time. It is essential that you tune in, stay engaged, stay fortified, stay strong, stay courageous, and stay bold. All right. Good stuff. Love it. Johnny D, man, final thoughts. Always enjoy the, the opportunity to be part of the broadcast. Uh, Dr. Williams, uh, thank you for those those, those prayerful and, and, and meaningful words. Uh, powerful, powerful, powerful. Uh, don't forget about this COVID-19. It is real. Um, 19 yes. different states have seen significant increases. And since we have been on the broadcast, from a worldwide standpoint, there's additional 3,000 persons that have mm. been affected by this virus, and 95 mm. people have died. So thank wow. you all. God bless. And uh, if it's God's will, my purpose, I will see you next week. My man, uh, Jerome is free, man. Final thoughts? Well, I, I want to shout out, um, first of all, um, I am with everybody on the program. It is it is draining and emotionally draining. Everybody has to keep up the fight and just remember that we have to keep shining light on stuff. You know, it's just a strategy just to keep it out there, but everybody's pissed and it is emotionally charged, so let, let's make it happen. I want to um, just give a shout-out to Mariana Music. Um, glad that she's doing okay. And, again, even though I haven't mentioned her, we all – you know, um, respect our listeners and all of that, but, you know, it, it is good that the people who normally come in are still here and everybody's doing okay. So just want to shout her out while I was at it. Everybody have a good Absolutely. week. Absolutely. Good stuff, man. Mr. Elias, man, final thoughts. Look, folks, for you who don't think that voting is important, what happened in Wisconsin and what happened in Atlanta this uh, when, they, when we had the primary. Look, in the black areas, they shut them down. They shut the polls down. They, where they opened up five of them in Milwaukee, which is a largely populated black area. And people had to stand in line two to eight hours to vote. Guess what? It's important. And these people know it. And they're trying to stop you from voting. They don't even want you to vote by mail. So if you're not thinking that voting is important, guess what? They're suppressing your vote right now. So get out and vote. Vote by mail if you don't like it. I voted by mail. And, hey, look, they still they still send you the little sticker that says I voted. So if that's what you're worried about, they put it in the mail for you. So get out and vote, folks. If you don't get out and vote, you don't have a voice. That's how important it is. And the Republican Party know it's important. That's why they're trying to hinder the vote in the black communities. Get out and vote. I'm only human. Uh, flesh and blood I'm made. Uh, uh, sometimes I let my emotions get the best of me, and for those who may be offended, my apologies, but I don't apologize for feeling the way I feel about how our people are being treated. You know, if you don't like what I say, if you don't like how I feel, then you know what? You can change the channel because I'm not going to change for you or anyone else. And on that note, Mr. LES, it's Sunday. We're talking serious stuff. What time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Wow. Show. Folks, it's been a pleasure to serve you as always, and who knows, you may have a surprise coming up in about, I don't know, 30 seconds with Mr. Jerome Spree. So, for Kathleen, for Vanessa, for Johnny, for Jerome, and for Mr. Elias, I'm Jerry Ross saying have a wonderful work weekend. It's Sunday, and we're talking.
and serious stuff. It is the serious side. God bless. We'll see you next week. Oh, it's just a Dazzles on election night and a Tell me, what do you want me to do? Allegedly It's overtime and we'll see if Mr. Jerome Spree is still gonna be Mr. Jerome Spree. Jerome? <laughs> what we doing, brother? Wait, so so you know it's not like uh this is not like podcast or anything like your overtime it's still me being me so i'm just, I'm yeah, just surprised but... overtime <laughs> different response than regular show okay <laughs> fine. all right and, I'm, I don't know, and i don't know why i pick different stories during overtime it is not like you're not hearing it all on the same broadcast. that's true that's true <laughs> my, my but it's something different <laughs> when the I do bell think, rings I, for some odd reason, you know? I, I don't know. The teacher's I, going I, out, I, I do know. that differently, I think, in my head because it is Sunday. So I try to be a little <laughs> bit more, you know, lighter and thinking that the kids may be listening because it's Sunday morning. And then when we're overtime, we're like, well, you're listening to this later on. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think I do hey, that Jerome, before, you, Jerome, before you get started, Kathleen, if you get kicked out, darling, I'll call you back. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Because last week I was, like, laughing so hard, I hit the button. I'm like, ah! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Wait a minute. You missed it last week, uh, Kathleen. I played um, a little game of black and white, so I'm going to play that a little yes, later. Yes, Please. I was I played so black and white. You played uh, play a little game of black and white. Wait, I thought it was Prince. We did a little Prince last week, did we not? Oh, we did Prince. Last week, but remember no, we, we did black and white though. We did black yeah, and white. You put on Michael Jackson, black and white. Too. Yeah, you I, did. I don't. I don't oh, know I thought we did Prince. Prince. You did. We did, you did Prince. You did Prince. You did Prince. I was still on Prince. Sounds like that's my cue. Sounds like it's no, my no. cue. Then I'm fine. Here we go. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I usually say this end. So okay. So everybody who's on. I just want to say, yes, we're here. is this person That's black or white? No, no, okay. you're good. You can put it on if you want. Right. You, or you want to yeah. wait? We can do it at the end. Oh, well, yeah, hey, oh, hey, here we go. No problem. If you're black or white. Okay. All right, so here's, here's a little something that we used to use on our black, black on black crime show. Kathleen's with me on this one. So I'm yes. going to ask LESJ, everybody who's still on, is this person black or white? This is our news story of the day. All right, so a customer inside a New York bagel shop and not wearing a face mask ask a fellow patron.
Wait, wait. Is the person who coughed on the person's food black or white? Jay? I, I saw this white. video. Elias? <laughs> what, what do you say? She's white. I, she's white. I saw this video. I thought to myself, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, Here's my question. Hold up. Let's play black or white, Jerome. On the person whose bagel she coughed on, were they black? Oh, were they white? Did they catch the case? I was going there next, but you know I was going to set Kathleen up. So I was going to ask her, what did she think the person who got coughed, Bingo got coughed on, was that person black or white? Kathleen, what do you think? Okay, so did the, did the person who coughed, is that person still around? See? Is important. Yes, he is. Then, then the person that whose food she coughed on was definitely white, and See? she was also white. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you play black and white. You have to figure out like what actually happened. Like, okay, so somebody coughed, right? And at the end, that person is still all right. <laughs> that person was white. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well. See, I use I usually leave that for the end, there, Jay. My bad. But I just had to put that one in there. All right. So, so here, here's a here's a news story for you. Now, Gone with the Wind has temporarily temporarily removed their HBO Max um, from HBO Max streaming um, platform. So, of course, it's that romanticized story of slavery. And frankly, I don't give a damn about Gone with the Wind either. See, we're in overtime. See, I wouldn't have said that. But anywho, they pulled it, and it's the 1939 Civil War epic. Starring Clark Gable, and you know, um, Hattie McDaniel, Daniel, who would have been um, 127 this week, she won an Academy Award for Best Supporting yep. Actress, becoming the first African American to win an Oscar. But it happened to be doing yep. some really racist Civil War drama. Mm-hmm. Gone with the wind. Of course, of course, yep. of course. <laughs> now, mm-hmm. um, now you know, Starbucks was facing a boycott after banning employees from wearing black. Life Matter logos or, um, you know, anything on them. They said it could incite violence. This is Starbucks. Then they made a U-turn. <laughs> and they said, we can, we can allow you to wear T-shirts or pins or, you know. So they changed in the middle of the week from the time that they banned it. And here's my thing, even in this story. Corporations, stop being so doggone scared. Black people have to run around being black all day. We don't get to hide that. <laughs> Y'all need to stop really? acting like if really? you say black, white people are just going to wig out. And if they do, you need to actually send their bus to jail. Is, is this the same corporation that had the two brothers arrested? Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Coming in there. Right, right. So, <laughs> that would be the one. That so would be black the one. Sitting in there waiting for somebody. You have them arrested, but you... If a white person gets mad at an employee and yells at them, you scared to call the pops on them. See? Wow. Yeah, corporate need to have their little lessons in this as well. Now, Mm -hmm. Apple's um, Siri hit back with information about Black Lives Matter. When users ask Siri, um, if they say all lives matter, Siri will respond to you. um, And they said they'll provide information about human rights initiatives if you say all lives matter to Siri. <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh, Lord. 
They will redirect really? you to your sensitivity <laughs> issues that you have with black people. So, and what uh, is Alexa wow. say? What yeah, Alexa they, say? Say, they said Amazon and Google, which has updated their smart assistant to um, support the movement. So Apple Siri started off first supporting Black Lives uh, Matter movement and providing users who say all lives matter with a statement and a link to learn about human rights. <laughs> it's like, um, wow. And that's right after they send, the, they send your facial recognition over to Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> right. We got another, were like, and we that, got another one. Because <laughs> that matters as well. Wow. We're going to stop you. Now, uh, now, a white um, Portland police officer resigned just six months into the job so a black officer can replace her as the force is criticized for excessive violence during the protest. So their white police chief, um, Jamie Roush, resigned on Monday just six months on um, being on the job just because she said she needed to make room for black leadership. That was interesting that they did that. I don't know what to think about that. Really? Not yet. Really, I don't. Yeah, because either they're running, and we're like, let's put the black dude there while they're riding it. She's going to want her job back, yeah. so I ain't really trusted this. I need to, I need to see this play out. Like playing black or white. Well, you don't trust it, I don't. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, the wow. owner, the owners of two Missouri papers, newspaper, um, I'm sorry, the two owners of a Missouri newspaper resigned in protest over a cartoon showing a black man robbing a white woman saying, good luck, lady. We defunded the police. So Bill Miller Sr., yeah, he has stepped down as publisher of the uh, Washington Missourian, but but is still the paper's owner. But the newspaper co-owners, his daughter, resigned in protest. If you own something... protest for him resigning. Yeah, I don't get this. So if you own something and somebody put something out there, why would you resign in protest? I think you approved really? it, and now you're trying to make a justice so that people don't boycott your paper. You can still make money. I think yeah, that's where that's going because he still owns it, but he's resigning to say, oh, yeah, we're not that racist no more since yesterday. Because mm-hmm. I, re- I resigned. I'm just making all the money from it, but I'm just not going to get my yeah. racist using this one. I'll yeah, I'm still going to get the money. That's, <laughs> that's out. Yeah. I'll start now, another paper with the money I get from this paper. Yeah, yeah, I need to, I need to flip that, like flipping houses in there. I'm flip another paper. Now, now crime. Wrong view. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No. What happened? Do you have the information about the story of the? Um, was it two cops or it was two people that did a post that was mocking the murder of George Floyd? When they they did a picture of themselves, somebody yeah. putting their knee on somebody's neck. Four, three, two, yeah, do you I, have that? Yeah. Oh, uh, no, no, I don't have that one on there. But okay. there's a there's a bunch of um, cop stories about them getting some people having to get. Um, I, I guess some of them quit or or resign. See, they're still letting them get their pensions. But there's a story yeah. of of a woman in Buffalo who was fired because she stopped um, a police officer from, uh, she intervened while the police officer was attacking someone and she um, was fired and she lost her pension. And now Buffalo's mayor is now trying to reinstate her so she can at least get her pension back. We also have, 
I'm sure there's a lot of That's cases that happen. I know one um, one officer here that that happened to. Just from stopping um, police from abusing somebody, they were um, they lost their job. Now so they said they wow. killed George Floyd. They said the guy that killed George Floyd, he still got a million dollars in his uh, in his uh, his fund. Yeah, I probably paying him. Mm-hmm. Now, Georgia's DA is under investigation for failing to prosecute the men charged with fatally shooting uh, Ahmaud Aubrey. Um, and he has recu- she recused herself from another case involving a, um, a police chief. So Brunswick District Attorney Jackie Johnson is under investigation uh, for recusing herself on May 21st from a case against oh, Glenn yeah. County Police Chief. Yeah, so again, we're about to see that the the prosecutors are in that helping um, cover when police officers are abusing people. It is a systemic mm. issue, which makes me want to do this um, uh, next story even more. Police received $210 million worth of military equipment from the government in 2019, including armored vehicles, assault rifles, smoke grenades, grenade launchers, as a part of the Pentagon scheme to... Um, you know, was reined in by the Obama administration. It was reinstated by Trump. So the DOD, the Department of Defense, lists more than $210 million of gear. Mm. Vehicles, rifles, wow. smoke, raise launchers. Um, they were sent to police last year. Yeah. And people got all in, up in arms about you know, disarming police or disbanding police departments. Um, crime dropped nearly a third in this New Jersey town in Camden, uh, where the police department was disbanded and replaced with cops who go door to door on their first day to introduce themselves to the host neighborhood. And, you know, the hmm. former police chief of the disbanded Camden Police Department in New Jersey um, said on Tuesday how crime in the town went down and um, arrests went down when they disbanded the police department. So I've had this conversation a couple of times this week. When you disband a police department, it does not mean that you don't have police. So if you're right. innocent, you have county sheriff. You mean defund, defund, right? No, no, no. They disbanded. And, um, oh. You know why you have to disband? You would know this more than anybody else. They, they disband mm-hmm. the police department because the only way – to get out of your the police union contracts, when you try to discipline officers and to renegotiate contracts, you really have to file bankruptcy. Like, you have to be done. So the Camden police mm-hmm. chief, mm-hmm. in the time when they disbanded him, all they did was interview him the next day, and they brought in the officers who they changed everybody's job description. They said, if you want to work here, here's your new job description. So they disbanded. Now, they're going to they're gonna still have a police union, and the police union will come back. But they don't get to renegotiate contracts um, under the same um, conditions that they had before. So all of those contracts hmm. are void from the police union. That's why people yeah. don't like this band. This band. It's a way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to reformat or to, re, um, to redo your police department is to disband it. It doesn't mean you're going to be without police. They're trying to scare white people. That's all that is. Mm-hmm. So, so it kills me when um, when black people say that. Oh, we need police. And it's like shit. Uh, police ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I thought they was. 
yeah. I thought they were saying I, the the controversy seemed to come up when they started writing defund defund the police. And yes. so there had to be this whole explanation about defunding versus disbanding, that the two are different. And well, so, um, de- right, in the sense that the defunding meant that all this extra money that we're giving, all this money that we're giving to the police department to provide social things that should be social services, if you will. So a mental health call or this, you know, uh, I don't know, different kinds of calls where you have no one else to call but the police. So you had all these police chiefs and everything complaining about, like, we do too much anyway. So take that extra million some odd dollars that you give into the police and put it somewhere else. Well, I, I have a, a easy, yeah, a easy way to explain that. They've been dis, they've been defunding the education system for years. You ain't kidding. So, kids can't go on field trips. Oh no. They cut music programs. They did a, a lot of things, like even like just regular phys ed budgets have been gone. It's been defunded, okay. and there's a trend line yeah. showing that it's been defunded. These fools. Again, 2019, $210 million worth of military equipment has gone to your local police department. When have you seen an army, I don't care if it's a gang or not, they're not carrying, like, tanks and weapons, so you don't need tanks to go against people who are throwing rocks at you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So even if you look at the protesters, you're, you're watching them in full riot gear at protests. Which is, which yeah, is that's right. Right, they weren't rioting. The rioting is caused when you bring military up against people who are doing stuff peacefully, and then they throw tear grass at you, and then somebody, th- you know what I mean? They don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't like the words of de-escalating because I think just like defunding, people hear what they want to hear in words, but it does not make sense um, fundamentally that you go to fight somebody who is asking you. Um, can you please not shoot me? And you want to fight him? <laughs> yeah. that, that, that shouldn't even make sense to anybody. Now, um, the ten-member mem- uh, ten SWAT team of um, Andel Beach, uh, I guess it's in um, Florida, their department resigned after the police chief and the mayor took – I'm sorry, this is in California. Um, they took a knee with protesters, so the ten-member SWAT team resigned. Again, you don't need SWAT. SWAT is a military outfit inside of your police department. So they should not be having, like, if somebody has, and I know what people say, you know, if, if the bad guys has a gun, then we need the same kind of guns or the same kind of weapons. Yes and no, right? Like, they're only, you can um, call in for backup. You can call in the troopers, the state troopers, or your county sheriff. Your regular beat cop does not need assault weapons just from riding around in a car and riding around and patrolling a, um, a little league game. They don't need assault weapons for that. <laughs> but just, just so that you look at it. Now, Louisville Council voted to ban no-knock warrants um, in honor of Brianna Taylor. Like just hours after cops released blank a blank report saying that she suffered mm-hmm. no. No injuries. <laughs> the night they shot her eight times and killed her, they Lord, said, oh, her she Yeah. They said yeah. no injuries. I saw that on the news. I was like, I'm, I, I can't believe it. Yeah. No injuries. Now, how'd she die? 
Exactly. And it also said there was no forced entry made despite the police saying otherwise. Now, they had a no-knock, and they said in the report that there was no forced entry. Now, again, Hmm. while they're changing laws, there needs to be a law. I mean, and I'm not talking about just being fired. If you lie on a report that resulted in someone being fatally injured, they need to charge them. Yep. Because they lie all the time. So we can't really Mm -hmm. say much about that. But if you, in the commission of an arrest or death, because if somebody goes to jail, that's unfair for you to go to jail just for a policeman lying on you. So if you lie, you're caught lying, like when they're saying the guy um, reached for my gun knowing that he didn't. If you lie and, and you are arresting somebody, you should be charged. That's why our laws need to change. We need a big mm. overhaul. Now, really? And that's why we need those body cams. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, and, again. And if you turn, you know, they turn those off all the time so that they don't have to. I don't, I don't, and so yeah, you need a law turn off your body cam, right? So you got body cam issues. You have issues with even people wanting to, um, you know, DA's office not looking at it and saying there's nothing there when they actually see something there. Like, we need to put stuff in place. To, to, and that's why the protests still should keep going, because they need to yep. keep pushing farther and farther to actually unravel some of those things that are systemic. You're mm. not going to get all of them, but we need to get no. as many as you can. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, an ex-cop who killed a, a black kid in 94 lost his job at a New, at a New Jersey uni- university 26 years after he made the decision to shoot um, the teen's mother. So what? he was called at a 911 to break up his cousin's fight, right? So this guy, Peter Amico, who's 29-year-old patrolman in Jersey, um, Glassboro Township, um, 26 years ago, he fatally shot and wounded 14, a 14-year-old um, in what he said uh, he just had to make a decision because his mother called and said, oh, the kids are outside fighting. So he came in there and shot one of the kids. Mm. Wow. So he, wow. he he is saying that the ex-white cop who shot them is saying he had to make a split-second decision to kill a 14-year-old. Wow. So again, although this happened that long ago, all these cases are coming back up and seeing how um, – can I use the word retarded in overtime? Seeing how, yeah, how crazy <laughs> – <laughs> that that is black folks playing, so don't get that twisted and no. send Jay no letter. Well, you can send Jay letter all the letters you want. Don't send them to me. <laughs> I know. Thank me later, Jay. All right. Two Ohio police officers resigned after drawing their That's group. That's why you get so much hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I don't think it's hate mail. I think that they are expressing to Jay that they want Jay to yell at me. But you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that's what they're doing. They they don't ever mean for me to hear them. That's just crazy. Because they know I don't care if they're listening to the show. <laughs> like, I can write this. But we're going to just put it in the wastebasket if we still use that. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Now, two, two Ohio police officers resigned after drawing their guns on a group of black men and women who were driving golf carts. Now, huh? um, Pumday, yeah, yeah, the Chief, Chief Steve... Um, um, Rydell was placed on leave, and Officer Michael Russo and Sergeant Melissa Wild resigned 
following a, a controversial. It, they said it's controversial. They uh, they arrested a group of black people on a golf cart um, while they were at a, a resort. They drew their guns and arrested <laughs> them. Wow. So two police officers resigned. It's like resign. Your butt should be in jail. You arrested them. Wow. For, yeah. Because black people aren't supposed to be in golf carts. That's white people stuff. No. No, no. Yeah, I I I got a community down here, man, and uh, it's called Knox, Indiana. Man, that's what white people do. They get their golf carts and they drive them around. They drive them around drunk. Don't nobody stop them. Right. Wow. Yeah. You don't need no license for that. So, so a white Florida cop was arrested for excessive force after being caught on video using a stun gun on a black man with developmental um, disorder after he misheard him, accused him of using a fake name. So just because he thought the guy gave him a, rake, a fake name, he used a stun gun on him. It happened on May 29th. Oh, Lord. Again, this is Springfield, Florida that we're talking. Oh, you know, and speaking of apologies, you know, Liberty, Liberty University President Jerry Falwell Jr. apologized for his tweets that included a racist photo of a person in KKK robe and another in blackface that appeared uh, on Governor Ralph Northam's yearbook page decades ago. So Falwell deleted wow. the post and apologized on Twitter saying, Twitter saying he recognized the trauma that he has caused the African-American community. That's Jerry Farewell Jr. Good night. Tip your waitress. My that bad. is a joke. My bad. My bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know that's My a bad. joke. I should have done Jerry that. Jr. is doing that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was Dow Trump supporter too. Oh yeah, wow. Oh yeah. So so you know, in 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 other good news at um, Liberty University, uh, one of the female basketball players um, who's black, she's transferring. She was like, "I'm going to HBCU. <laughs> I'm out. <There> you go. <laughs> I think all mm-hmm. black folks just be like, oh, wow. We just I can't take. I don't care if you gave me a scholarship or not. I'm out. So speaking uh, of which, did you see the see the brother? Uh, the young brother, I can't remember his name, but he was like the number one prospect. He's 16 years old, and he said he's going to HBCU. Yeah. He said, why, why uh, am I going to uh, uh, let the white universities make money when I can go to a black university and let them make the money? I was like, brother, if that opens up that door. Yep. <laughs> hey, I, I'm telling you, that was, that was J. Edgar Hoover's fear. He always thought the threat to the to the United States was black people being united. Black unity was mm-hmm. the bigger threat than anything that's else. Right. That's what he said. That's so, why he went out to the Panthers. That's why he went out to the Panthers. Yep. Exactly why. Yep. So, so always always say that. Stop telling white folks that you're going um, shopping at black businesses. Just do it. Forget them. Because mm-hmm. they feel some kind of way about you, you know, talking to your people, which is crazy, which adds to their anxiety of us anyway. Mm-hmm. Now, a New Mexico man subject to, okay, it's going to be a little disgusting story, but he was subject to an anal probe because officers believed that he was stealing drugs in his rectum, and um, they said he'll be able to um, pursue further legal action from the doctor who performed the invasive (laughs) examination. So Timothy Young, who was seeking $707,000, from Dr. Bryant Beasley, who conducted uh, some digital rectal examination at Glen, Glenda Regional Medical Center in October, 
2012, um, you know, there was a trial, the 2017, the jury sided with Dr. Beasley, who claimed that law enforcement asked him to conduct that procedure. However, a ruling handed down this week by a three judge, um, uh, three appellate judges uh, will now allow the case to return to court because legal experts found that there was no warrant for the invasive body procedure by Dr. Beasley that he conducted and that Young may have been stripped of his Fourth Amendment rights to be uh, free of an unreasonable search. So the attending physician is required to learn the constitutional requirements of invasive body searches is what uh, Judge Brianna Zamora wrote in her ruling. For this reason, a reasonable physician should have known that a manual um, rectal cavity search and an abdominal x-ray was unconstitutional unless authorized by a valid um, particularized warrant. So Young already received $925,000 in compensation from the Sheriff's Department and now will be free to pursue legal action against the judge and the medical center. I mean, sorry, against the physician and the medical center mm. in New Mexico. Wow. That, yeah. and people cry about their Second Amendment rights all the time, but they don't care about their other rights. Right. Because they're, they're violated constantly, man. These right. They violate our, our amendment rights constantly, and they, they're all, well, my Second Amendment, I go, dude, there, it's more than one. It's more than the Second Amendment that the First yeah. Amendment right, it's all kind, kind of amendments. So, yeah, yeah. They, they do it all the time. Yeah, the Fourth Amendment is supposed to protect you from unreasonable um, unreasonable searches and all of the other stuff. Like, we have rights that every time a black person exerts that, they say, oh, well, we could do this if we want to. So, searching for drugs that they they found no drugs on him or in his car or on his person, so they took him <laughs> and had them do a rectal search on him. Hey, uh, uh. And, and there's a case I didn't read earlier of them doing that to a woman. They, the, wow. The, male police officer on the side of a road um, went and did a vaginal search of her to see it for 11 minutes to try to see if she had drugs. And it's caught on police dash cam that he did that. It mm. is sick. But he actually did that. Now, um, Fox, move, Fox News Fox News removed Not looking for digital- drugs. Huh? He was not <laughs> looking for drugs. I know. I, I, I know. Just- I Oh, even though I said, okay. yeah, even though I said that, I I am squeamish about thank telling stories like that because I, yeah, you know, thank you, thank you for adding the eleven minutes. Thank you for what? Thank you for adding that it was for eleven minutes. Yeah. Because if you if I'm looking for a tampon for eleven minutes, God help me. <laughs> It, oh, he, he, ain't, he wasn't looking. I'm sorry. He wasn't looking for drugs. He ain't looking for right. drugs. So I hope they made that a sexual assault. Exactly. Yeah, really. Okay. Somebody needs to That's go to jail. Uh, and right. that officer needs and, to go to jail for sexual assault her. And that but. was another another number that came up. How often black women are sexually assaulted by police? Yeah. When they are stopped. Mm. That's something that's not readily talked about. But sexual sexual assaults against black women who are stopped by police is a real thing and happens quite a bit. Yes. Yes, it, it really does. I have not, um, I, I've seen a lot of those stories and really have not done them 
sexual assault stories, I think, um, you know, for me, because I've been asked this before, so this is why I'm kind of hesitating on this. Um, I have been asked why I don't, like, um, cheerlead um, stuff against domestic violence and sexual assault and that kind of stuff. The reason I don't is because I think they're so disgusting, it makes me really mean. I don't really have no filter for that. There's no way you should be putting your hands on a woman like that. You know what I mean? At all. So when I see sexual assault cases, um, you know, I'm not – I can't even rationally have discussions about what it could have meant and what we need to do and there should be laws. I can't do that. I I Hmm. immediately go to castration. (laughs) That is my – that is like step one. That is step one. Hmm. You can't sexually assaulting someone. And, and belittling and degrading is just way off my radar. So, again, if if anybody else wants to talk about that stuff, fine. I probably won't be in the conversation, but don't take my silence for me, you know, you know, not wanting to champion something. I don't champion causes like that. I think that we just need to do away. It, it's like children's stuff. I don't do a lot of those stories because of that. The only time I do them is because sometimes we, um, in doing news, people act like it does not happen. And so we have to kind of tell those stories. But, yeah, I cannot be vested in that stuff. I'm not that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't have that kind of balance. All right, so here, here's the thing. Fox News removed this digitally altered picture uh, um, that they inserted of a man carrying a military-style rifle at one of the uh, protests in Seattle. So Fox News <laughs> removed the photo from their website, um, and they had at least two photos of images of a man standing with a rifle. So when they see peaceful protesters, they don't see any weapons, so they put people in there with weapons. They digitally altered it, and they put it on the news. And this is why I tell people not to watch Fox News. You know, wow. I don't know that, why. That I don't is, know why people keep watching Fox News. Mm. I would say. That's them. That's, that's, they, 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 they report false news constantly. It's like, you know... You can see the truth right in front of you, but they're, they're going to say, well, no, that's not how it happened. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and it, again, even in having that conversation is nuts to me. I'm like, you cannot watch news when you know that they're lying to you. Turn the face. Now, I'm not saying any no. other news is better than anybody else, but that Fox News is not news. No. I don't know if I... Yeah, I don't know if I told the story of the Michigan police chief who had um, attacked George um, Floyd's um, who attacked George Floyd's protesters in a vile tweet asking for body bags for these vicious subhumans. He was placed on paid leave. Shelby Township Police Chief Robert um, um, Scheidel has apologized and been placed on leave while. Um, officials investigate what they called his inflammatory tweet that he posted. Um, the one tweet he called for body bags for protesters. He said that's what they wow. should be bringing. How do you, in- how do you investigate a tweet? <laughs> what, is, what does that involve? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to get back to you on that, Kathleen. <laughs> I don't <need> <laughs> We're going to have to we're going to leave this to the research department, Jay. Um, our research department in Stanford, Connecticut, contact and uh, if they can give us any word. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Unless they move, Jay, it may be the one in um, in, in um, 
you know, Omaha. But I'm just saying, either one of those two, you know, research department's a little busy. So, yeah, that's, that's a little weird. Um, now, you know, I, I know I did this story, but, you know, when the um, Facebook's senior staff walked out on Zuckerberg to remove um, – um, because they refused to remove Donald Trump's post um, last. Um, this is last Monday when they walked out. Um, one of those guys have been fired, and here's what we found out after he's been fired last week. This week, someone created a mirror account and just posted everything that Trump posted, and Facebook flagged them. <laughs> Can't believe that they flagged them. It told them to that these were insane, you know, whatever, and uh, inflammatory and all this other stuff. But they won't do that to Donald Trump. But a mirror account with everything that he posted was put up, and Facebook flagged them, which means mm. they really do have some bias. Um, oh, and, I'm about and Zuckerberg to get is Facebook, looking out man. for Trump. I'm, I'm I'm about to leave him alone, dude, because he, yeah, man. When you support something like that, I'll find another avenue. Nah, yeah. I'm good. Mm-mm. Yeah. Nope. Well, like I said, he he um, you know, I I'm not saying um go to blacksharenet or nothing dot net. I'm not saying go there, but I'm over there. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. There's other communities okay. that you can go to, but um, they really do, um, they they really are looking out. And anytime you say something black on Facebook, you get flagged, but you yeah. cannot get flagged. For um for them saying stuff about black people, it is the weirdest thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I shouldn't say it's weird. It's not. All right, I know. Jay, Jay, you ready to go? Yeah, yeah. He he stuck out, man. Jay, yeah, we can we can. Hey, it's yeah, on you, brother. Do what you say, man. You ready? What's up? <laughs> no, I. You got to. You want to do one more? Or what's happening? No. Okay, I, I can do one more before we get up out of here. All right, let's do one more. Let's do one more. <laughs> Well, well, wait a minute. Let me. Okay, yeah, I, I was going to do a Secret Service one, but because Secret Service did correct the record, claiming that it did use pepper spray during the protest, um, contradicting mm-hmm. what um, Barr said when he said that there was no mm-hmm. no chemical weapons. The Secret Service says, "Oh, oh yeah, we did because we used uh, yeah. we used yeah, pepper spray." Yeah, he, and he's gonna lie about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and first of all, you know he's gonna lie about it. Now. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the last story that I have is, um, okay, it says that men evolve to be taller than women because hormone, the hormone estrogen that governs bone growth peaks later in, male, in males. Now, Kathleen is here today, so this is not a female bashing story, but it says no. not to gain an advantage over their sexual rivals, as Darwin suggested. By the way, don't ever listen to Darwin stuff. That was a nut. But he said that that's why they they were taller, to gain dominance. Your body don't say, um, mm. you know what, that guy's bigger than me, so it needs to grow more. Men have evolved to be taller than women because of estrogen, and it's the um, the um, primary female sex hormone, estrogen, is, which governs, governs bone growth. Um, it peaks early in females, according to a new study. It's just that it peaks early. It does not mean that you don't have the same growth um potential. That's all. I just thought I'd leave us on some health information. Men are not taller okay. because... Well, I we, think we should investigate that. I think we, I think we should investigate want, that want, story. Want the home office in Stanford to look at that as well? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you want to... You want to... You want to... 
Just two things. And, uh, and, and make sure you check in with Robin Roberts when you do that. Investigate. Oh, boy. <laughs> and then go check it out. Yeah. We'll do that as well. All right, then. And Michelle Obama. Isn't she six feet two? Michelle, is six, Michelle Obama is six feet two, isn't she? Yeah. No, no, no. But her brother's taller. All they're saying is that the male, that women stop growing faster than males. And so in her family, she's not the tallest. And I'm not saying she can't be. In the words of Sinbad, you could always tell a midget, you can be tall like the wall. Remember that whole joke with Jesse Jackson? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can be tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we ain't saying that. I'm just saying. All right. So on that note, Jay, oh, my man. man. We took it for a hey, ride no a little deal. long. Well, there it is (laughs) There it is, I love it Alright, so look folks It's uh, been a pleasure to serve you As always, like Jerome says You know, you're hearing this just straight through anyway So we're glad you guys hung out with us I don't know, it's up to Jerome, we can do it I like it, it's almost like It's it's almost like a relief valve After a show of intense conversation It's like, just let it go Let it, you know I, I feel a lot better after this because sometimes you can leave the show upset, mad at the world, but you know every now and then it's time to just it's like a cool down period after a, a very intense exercise regimen, right? You know, you have to cool down, you have to cool down. So I mean, this is the cool down period. So anyway. Jerome man, appreciate you as always. Kathleen, mwah, nothing but love for you. Mr. Elias, mwah, kisses to you too, partner. Whether you accept it or not. I was, I was, I was seeing those, you know. Yeah, I there you go. It's not for Jerome. Jerome got his fist balled. I'm supposed to give him a high five and keep it moving. And uh, <laughs> uh, so it's always a pleasure. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you never know. I think I have to do a poll to see who's hated most this week. I think, you know, hey, whoever. All right, listen, guys. We hey, thank wait, you so wait, much. Wait appreciate you. Here you go. Uh, Make sure they send, put in the title of your hate mail, delete, right at the message part. Like for subject, start writing hate mail. Just put delete in the subject. (laughs) 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 Hey, we hate you. I hate you too. It's all good. It's all good, folks. Listen, you know, you folks who listen, you listen because you, you know, you, you secretly you know we're talking to speaking the truth. That's why you're here. Because I've never listened. I don't like Fox News. I don't like nothing they say on Fox News. But it's amazing. And, and some of you folks, I told you I would never mention your names on the air, and I'm not going to do that. But it's funny how you listen every week. It's interesting how you listen every week, but yet still you criticize. So now if you don't like something, somebody told me a long time ago, if you don't like something, you know, good gracious, you just don't continue to participate in it. But you do it every week. So I think deep down inside you want us to save you from yourself. So that's what we're going to do. We got a couple, so we're going to keep reaching until we pull you all over to the other side. All right, Jerome, appreciate you. Kathleen, nothing but love for you. Mr. Elias, smooches and kisses for you and everybody else that's listening. And, hey, folks, until next week, have a wonderful work week. Stay virus-free. The virus is still out there, folks. People are still dying. Be safe. Be safe. Because I see people running around here like everything's over. It's not over. And, you know, it's just unfortunate we're going to probably get some staggering numbers based on all these protests. Uh, but sometimes some things are worth dying for. And, um, you know, I think we're in a moment in history where, uh, where we're really starting to see that. And one last thing I'll say before I get out of here, because, you know, I, I'm, I'm very hopeful that there will be a change. I was at Walmart yesterday, 
and the CEO of Walmart came over the speakers. It's a message that he had, uh, and it talked about how they're going to do better as far as when it comes to Black Lives Matter. And I had to stop and listen, I mean, because it was just playing. And so, you know, we're, we're seeing some things uh, that we probably would not have seen had it not been the death of George Floyd. I'm going to say that's the straw that broke the camel's back because Tamir Rice, yeah. you know, Eric Garner, all the people who passed before them, even Trayvon Martin, even though that wasn't a police Johnny situation, Gammage, they treated that guy. Exactly. They treated, even though they treated, you know, even though that wasn't a police situation with Trayvon Martin, they treated that guy like some type of patrol guy and let him go initially. So, you know, for all, and all the mothers who have to relive this every time it happens. God bless you. And it's just a pain that will never go away. Thank but you. just keep this in mind. Keep this in mind as you go through your life. The bottom line is that your son and daughter has made a difference. And this is the new civil rights movement, and hopefully their deaths will not be in vain. On that note, I'm going to give my colleagues an opportunity to say goodbye, Kathleen. Bye-bye. Give you an opportunity to say, give us some last words before we get out of here. God bless you all. Stay prayed up, and we'll see you on the other side. Absolutely. What about you, Jerome? Man, give us something on the way. Give us something to, give us something to go home with. Um, make sure that you put delete in your subject matter when you send mail to Jay. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, Jerome. Man, take that, that in, dog, man. Cause I was, it was, I was, I was taking it somewhere else. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it, Mr. Elias. Man, give us something to go home with, man. Well, I'm gonna do it like I always do: vote and vote and vote and vote and vote. There it is. And I'm going to say, hey, that's one to grow on, folks. God bless. Take care. We'll see you back here next week, if God's willing. Take care of yourselves, folks. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network.